This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crage. Give me a name. Like Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live here on the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Krejci, alongside, as always, a man who never misses that mute button, Mr. Joe Lanza. Congratulations. Yeah, I, I demand know. to be dubbed the Mute Slayer. <laughs> the Mute Slayer, the man who, who never misses the mute. I mean, you were, uh, people did not know, uh, Joe Lanza, as uh, Jim Woodcock <laughs> referred to you as uh, today. Uh, you were on the AEW conference call, and after months upon months, and maybe even years at this point of making fun of people, uh, for not unmuting their microphone, you finally got called on one of these calls, and I was—I, I, my heart was racing. I don't know about your heart. Are you cool, calm, collected in this moment? Come on, man! I, I just to told you, I will never be owned by a mute button. <laughs> so, I mean, to be fair, you've been owned by mute buttons on this show uh, many times before, but that was—that was back in the day. That was the old lands. You've been pretty good on the ball lately. That was uh, well, those are also days when you were like taking a shit while you're doing it and stuff. So that that you know. This is a very simple process. You just have your mic unmuted. I don't know all the problems these people have, which is why they get uh, berated. Uh, yeah, we had uh, it, the best part about that is the one time you buried some guy. <laughs> I forget what it was. I don't want to. I don't want to go by name because it's been a few people. With the most recent one, he like DM'd you afterwards. He's like, "Come on, man, that's me." <laughs> like I was, I was having computer problems. And you're like, "That's just a dopey bit." Like, don't worry about yeah. it, man. It's not that big of a deal. But uh, anyway, Joe got called on the uh, AW conference call. Joe Lanza uh, was able to give his 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 question and and immediately unmuted, immediately ready to go. Tony, how you doing? Just yeah, just exceptional job unmuting and and and, and asking a question. So bravo, bravo. Joe. I, I am the mute slayer. I told you. Now listen, a, a man named Woodcock shouldn't be mispronouncing last names. Let's be honest. <laughs> but uh, Lanza like Stanza. Nissan Stanza. Do they still make the Nissan Stanza? The Nissan Stanza. I um. Mm, I'm not sure to be honest. I'm uh, I'm currently unfortunately driving a Nissan uh, that I've been driving for two months since my car's been uh, in the shop. But uh, no, I don't know if they make the Nissan stands anymore. So, well, you know, this Lanza stuff—it's got to go. It's—I uh, <laughs> don't even know where that comes from. To be honest, I don't know if Mario Lanza. I guess, yeah, maybe. That's. That's where it comes from. Yeah, I get because in the in the wrestling world though, and and again, Jim Woodcock. I don't know what Jim yeah. Woodcock's uh, wrestling history is, but if he's a wrestling fan, he knows Blackjack Lanza. That's how I knew Lanza. It was never to me at any doubt what how to pronounce your name. The first time I I actually talked to you or spoke to you in person, it was well, it's obviously Lanza because Blackjack Lanza, right? Nine times out of ten, I get Lanza. Really? Oh yeah, he's it's always Lanza. Hmm. Now, in New Jersey, <laughs> it's always right. Yeah. It's mostly right, yeah. But anywhere else on the phone or in another state here in town, nine times out of ten, I get Lonza. Interesting. So, you know, I get where Woodcock's coming from. 
but it's it's not Lanza, it's Lanza. My father used to get so agitated. Like, he wasn't even polite about it. Like, if he got a Lanza, didn't matter the social situation. But he's like a street guy, so, you know. But, yeah, very, very aggressive about it. But now I understand why. He probably, you know, he went through 40 years of hearing Lanza, you know, and it, was, it would piss him off. Yeah, when you have so a name that's like, act. yeah, when you have a name that's like close and like, you know, that people are, are, it's super close and you're like me, I don't care at this point. Like in my life, I have just given up. I don't even let what, people say it. Yours, oh what, my, any, literally yours? any way you can think of, any way you can think of. Cry itch? I, honestly, name it. The best is like people will call and they'll be like, Rich Kerr. They just, you know, they just start making noises. I'm like, yeah, that's prepare. me. That's me. It's like yeah. they get there and they're like, all right, you know, they're probably, the, the phone's ringing. They're looking at this name. It's like you know, some telemarketer, some insurance company, or whatever. And they have it in their mind of what they're going to say. They're going to say, Rich, all right, I think I got it. Okay, let's go. They go, hey, is Rich Kerr? Yeah. And they just freeze and just make noises. And I just have to yeah. say, okay, I got it. I got it. Yes, that's me. That's who you're trying to talk to. So, well, Ray Tetch, Cray Tetch, I think I get a lot. So, you should get in the queue next time. See how Woodcock. Oh it. my God, Woodcock would butcher my name. Oh my God, yeah, I yeah. can't even imagine. Or he just nail it. That'd be the best part. He just fucking nails it. Or he might just skip you. <laughs> <'cause it's too laughs> yeah, he might see that name and go, nope. Yeah. He he had that today yeah. with uh, there was the. Uh, there was the Israeli guy on the call, and you could tell he was just like, uh, I forget the guy's name. Oh, but he it, botched the Israeli He was like, he it's uh, Israeli G- from uh, GOTV. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, hey, did I he say your name right? And he's like, no, you didn't yeah. say my name right. You didn't say any words. You just kind of <laughs> yeah. You just kind of inaudibly yeah. mumbled something, and then did GOTV. Yeah, let's go. It's a tough job, he knew man. He, killed, he, he knew he destroyed it. He apologized immediately. Yeah, it, it's a tough job. I get that on the Q&As when I do the Patreon Q&As because we have a few people that I'm like, bro, yeah. I have no idea how to say your name, and I always apologize, then say something, and I'm never right, and that's it's. I always feel very, very bad. So, Yeah. But uh, anyway, lots to get to this week. This is a big-time flagship here, a huge weekend of shows. We got AEW all out. We will cover it from every single angle. Get you ready for the show on Sunday. We have an entire lineup of indies going on this weekend as well, starting with the uh, AAW show uh, going on right now, which I'm going to talk about in a minute to show you guys just how committed I am to you, the $10 subscribers here uh, on the Voice Wrestling uh, flagship uh, here. Uh, Three cups stuffed GCW Black Label Pro, Freelance Underground, GCW Black Label Pro, Effie's Big Gay Bunch, a bunch of stuff going on uh, this weekend. Uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about the future of Triple H in WWE as we had some uh, f- a lot more interesting news about the NXT brand moving forward and who's going to be in charge and who's kind of running the show there. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun discussion there. Uh, New Japan, Joe, did you know New Japan is running two shows in the MetLife Dome this weekend? Of course you did. Yes, it's happening. Wrestle Grand Slam in MetLife Dome, the former Cebu Dome. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and then we'll get into the two NWA shows that we watched uh, last weekend as well. NWA Empower and the NWA 73rd Anniversary Show. So we will get to all of those. Uh, unfortunately, do have to start with some some kind of depressing, uh, a bad way to start the show. Uh, but we can't do the show without at least addressing it a little bit. Uh, and that's a story that we found a little bit more. We, we you know the first The story first came out last night. Uh, as people were kind of following along during Dynamite on the morning, we had a, a brief update of we don't know exactly what the next step is or what's going to happen here, but here's sort of what's going down. And then we eventually found out uh, earlier this morning uh, that Daphne, uh, the former WCW TNA, I believe she had an appearance in Ring of Honor, a few appearances in Ring of Honor as well, uh, Shimmer, American Indies, all that sort of stuff, that Daphne uh, passed away 
uh, last night from uh, from suicide, which is a just a terrible, terrible story. Yeah, we don't know much yet. I mean, we assume because she was on Instagram Live and and uh, that's true. We very... we don't know officially that that was the cause. Of, I mean, we can probably yeah, I mean, assume, but yeah, we don't know officially that that's the case. But yeah, I mean, it seemed like she was threatening her own life, and um, uh, it, it appeared as though she had a small pistol. And because I saw still shots um, of the what appeared to be a gun in her hand, and and um, you know people begging and pleading with her to either pick up the phone or or get some help down there. And then it was a really I, w- I was out to dinner. I didn't, while this was going on, I I came home and saw all of it after the fact, um, you know, on on the timeline. But it looked like a real weird time with yeah, it, it was all going on while Dynamite was on, and and it just very uh, uh, bizarre time to be on Twitter um, with a famous pro wrestler threatening their own life on a, on a live feed, just crazy stuff. Um, and then this morning, her family announced that she was in fact dead. So um, I, I haven't seen any kind of official cause of death or, but one would have to assume at this point that it, you know, um, ended like many feared it was going to end last night uh during that live stream just a just terrible i mean just a um horrible for the people who were watching and pleading with her and and i guess uh her refusing to pick up the phone or communicate with anybody because then when that live stream ends it's you know you're you're left in the dark you don't know what's going on yeah i i i I didn't uh, so initially Last night, as it was going on, I the first tweet that I saw was somebody saying like, "Whoa, something crazy is going on on, on Daphne's you know IG live or whatever," and I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, "Okay, you know, let, let's you know, you know, it's like, oh hey, go check out Daphne's IG live. Something weird." To, I, I forget exactly the terminology of the tweet, but it was enough to pique my interest to go, "Oh okay, like I haven't heard from Daphne in a while. I wonder what's happening, or wonder you know, wonder what's what's going on there." And and I wasn't sure if it had something to do with like an in ring return or there was something going. You know what I mean? Like I had no idea when I went. This is like the first tweet that came out, so I I, I jumped onto it for a second. And quickly got off it when I realized, oh my god, she's you know this. That's what's going on. And then seeing the more tweets come out, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm 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 definitely definitely good on that. That is not something that I want to you know watch for any amount of time uh, whatsoever. But it was uh, for the minute or two that I was on there before I quite really realized what was going on. It was uh, it was a lot. It 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 was uh, it was not good. And uh, there was people. I mean, you could she was streaming on her phone and you could hear her phone buzzing and. And 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 texts coming in and calls coming in and all that sort of stuff, just nonstop. And they were obviously her friends and 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 other people, you know, trying to reach out to her, trying to tell her to you know to to to, to think twice about uh, what she was going to do. But um, yeah, it, it was it was awful. So yeah, it did not last long. Obviously, I, I decided no, no, I do not want to be a part of whatever this is. But uh, yeah, for, it was uh, well, yeah, it was horrible. Th- th- thankfully, nobody saw the act. I mean. That was my fear. I, I didn't know what I didn't she logged off. Right. Yeah, and that was my fear. I was like, I'm I'm good. I, I that is definitely not anything that I ever yeah. want to see in my entire life. And uh yeah, when she was kind of reading down the you know, she was reading a note when I was watching, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? What the hell is she talking about? And you know, she's wiping away tears and goes, Oh, you know, make sure someone comes to take care of my dogs. And then that's when I went click. I was like, Oh shit. Okay. I'm out. I'm out. And that was yeah. apparently it went on yeah, for yeah. Long, I went on for like another 30 or 40 minutes as I'm just seeing the tweets coming in and in and in and in and in and, and kind of in my head hoping that, okay, enough, it's gone on long enough. Hopefully somebody will get there in time. Somebody, she'll answer the phone. She'll think twice about it, whatever. 
Uh, and then when we didn't hear anything last night, like you said, we were kind of in the dark. And then unfortunately this morning we find um, yeah, the, the unfortunate news there. But yeah, just awful. Just awful news. Well, when someone... I didn't realize that the live stream was that long. Um, I'm no expert or counselor or anything, but you would think that that's someone maybe somewhere inside of them hoping someone can help them in that moment. Yeah. If they're, if they're, um, you know, but, but I don't know, like I'm no expert, but um, you know, we, we don't, I'm sure we'll learn more details as the week goes on. But as of right now, we don't know anything other than she did in fact pass away. Yeah. So, so I don't know if it was, right after she turned off that stream i don't know if it was in the morning i don't know if there was any kind of struggle when help got there we don't know anything at this point in time we do this show on thursday night so i don't you know people might listen to it four days from now we might have more details then but um yeah just a, a terrible story and it really uh, threw a lot of people uh, uh for a loop last night when i was going through you know my twitter timeline when i got home so uh, yeah, just a, a, a terrible story. We don't know much else. There's not much else to add to it. So, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. There you go. She was uh, she was 46 years old, uh, by the way. And and, and most people, yeah. uh, of course, will know her from her her days in WCW. At least that's the way I know her uh, the best. There might be an entire generation that maybe knows her from TNA uh, a little bit more. But uh, yeah, um, interesting. I think she she came into the business in a, in a very weird way because I know she had like an acting background. And I want to say WCW was doing a contest for, it was kind of like, it wasn't like a tough enough. They just wanted like people that wanted to be in wrestling. It was some sort of talent show thing. Uh, and that's how she came into it. She, I think she showed up. I think she probably did that character, the Daphne character, and they liked it. And they said, okay, cool. And they hired her. And then she basically got into wrestling that way. So it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it was, it was fandom, but it wasn't like she was looking to do acting. She wasn't looking to do professional wrestling uh, and then just kind of, you know, got there. And, and, and did it and, and then kind of learned on the job as it went on. And I'd say she, you know, she got pretty damn good for learning on the job. Um, but yeah, I mean, she most memorable, obviously from that WCW run, uh, late 1999 through, uh, 2000. I, I don't, I forget if she was in there in any of 2001, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, t- a horrendous period in WCW, but, uh, I did always that unit, even at the time I knew it was a terrible, even as a kid, you, you were well aware how terrible, uh, WCW was at that time, but I do remember enjoying some of the Daphne Crowbar, David Flair stuff. Uh, not that I wouldn't call it a shining light in the, in the dark days of the end of WCW, but uh, one of the okay things uh, in, in the final few uh, years of WCW was that was that unit there. But uh, yeah, then she obviously went on to TNA. Like I said, I think she had a brief period uh, for Ring of Honor, uh, doing some stuff with uh, with Punk and. Uh, and, and uh, I think Ace Steel, I think she maybe managed that team or something like that. But then uh, the big thing would be TNA, uh, you know, the last half of her career. Uh, and that, that a lot of issues with that. And th- the big issues there were, were injuries. Uh, there was yeah. that one famous match she had with, uh, what, who was the name of the person? Oh, it was some horrendous, yeah. stupid Vince Russo bullshit thing. I forget. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Love a lot or something. What was the first name? People are going to. Oh, you're right. That's who it was. And it she was, got like uh... destroyed. Like she had like like yeah. 15 injuries. I mean, she like her body got decimated in that match. I, oh, man, yeah. who am I thinking of? Well, it, Rosie, Rosie Love a lot. Rosie Love a lot. Was that who it was? I believe so. Yeah. Was that Bertha Faye, the Rhonda Singh, or was that um, somebody else? You know, I don't know that. Uh, let me let me see if I can. Uh... Or if it was if it was someone else that that did it, but um, I don't think it was actually. Now that I think about no, it, no, it was some sort. It was somebody else. Um, it was someone who became another gimmick, though. Later on down the line, that person 
took on another gimmick, but um, it was not Monster. Oh, Ripper Sage slash... Beckett. She was apparently in the May Young Classic. I didn't even I didn't even remember that. So. Yeah, Sage Beckett. Yeah, and she was in Evolve. She had a different name as well. She lost a lot of weight. She just recently quit the business. She was Andrea. Does Andrea sound familiar? Yes, Andrea from Evolve. I think she was a valet in Evolve, and then was Sage Beckett in WWE. But yes, that's who it was before she had she had lost a ton of weight because I think she was well over three hundred pounds. It was like you said, a Vince Russo comedy gimmick. Um, but that's who. Yeah, and now she's out of the business. Now she's out of the business. But uh, at the time, she was green and wasn't ready, and and yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a tryout match. They did like a tryout dark match, and apparently, just yeah, when it was over, it was just. I mean, I think Daphne had like a bruised sternum, a concussion, like a separated shoulder. It was just awful, just awful, awful stuff. So uh, and didn't she sue? Didn't she? She did. File, she did. She did file a, a lawsuit about that. Uh, I, I think over that match. I don't that know if it particular was, match. Right? Yeah, I, I'm almost. I don't know if it was that particular match or just the overall injuries that she sustained because it was one thing after another for her. Unfortunately, if you, if you do remember uh, during that time, I mean, it was just a constant, uh, you know, issues of of her having concussions and and other you know random injuries and shoulders and this sort of stuff and yeah i forget if it was that exact match or just the overall stuff but i think she did sue for for an unsafe working environment and uh, as far as i know they got settled out of court if i remember correctly but um yeah it never did actually go to court but yeah she did she did sue she said something about she said something about donating her brain before she she did yeah she uh, she she did say uh, apparently on on the live stream said that so there's obviously oh yeah certainly so yeah, and that, that's anyway, I, I don't really have that much more to add uh, to her. I know that she. Um, well, we don't know any. We don't know anything else. That's part of the problem. Here. Right, we, right. There's right. no details out. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, we can't. There's nothing else we can tell anybody because we don't know. We don't. Other than that statement that the family put out through some wrestlers today that she had passed away. No, no new news has come out since we've started this show. So. So that's that. So yeah, unfortunate. Uh, unfortunate news yesterday. Uh, that we all had to kind of watch in real time or, or, or follow in real time um, uh, on Twitter, and some people actually watch in real time. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I cannot imagine. But uh, yeah, so that's that's as I said. What is I that? don't blame you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have stuck around either. Once I why would I mean why would on. I? I mean who? I, I yeah. No, other than, other than I, I understood people, and and you could see in the chat room as it was going on. And that's when I kind of was like, oh shoot, okay. Uh, now I know what I've walked into here. There was a bunch of people. I, I saw like Velvet Sky was one of them. Francine was one of them. Where just like every other message was like, please, please call me, call me, answer yeah. your phone, answer. And those people, I get it. Stick around for that. But it's like for me, oh, um, yeah. you know, there's nothing I'm going to do to help this. And and uh, I do not want to, you know, want to be a part of anything that was going on there. So, yeah, it was it was uh, pretty unfortunate. Terrible, terrible, sad uh, uh, story. Uh, from from pro wrestling there, but uh, yeah, I don't have a, a much more to add about her career. Uh, unfortunately, um, as you said, it, it was pretty short. Uh, and yeah, WCW TNA on some other stuff. I didn't see much of her American indie work, so I can't can't uh, give you too much on that. So, so that is that. Uh, Daphne uh, passing away. Uh, what is age forty six? Forty six. Well. Yeah, that's too damn young uh, for that. But uh, anyway, as you said, we'll we'll move on to some other stuff that we wanted to talk about. Uh, this week, and I think we'll kick it off with uh, we'll talk about it all out. I mean, that is coming up this Sunday. Uh, we are doing an instant reaction. It will be on Patreon.com/slash/Voice Wrestling, the ten dollar tier. Now, usually when we do an instant reaction, we do have to tell you. Usually, it's like five, ten, fifteen minutes after the show. Boom, we're there. 
We're on the air. We're live. We're talking about the show. That will not be the case this week because I will be at All Out and I need to drive home. So we tossed around some ideas of me calling it on my phone in my car while I'm driving there. That all sounds... We will go live soon after All Out. Is that the best way to put it? Yeah, at some point after All Out. We will, but it will be a live instant reaction. Yes. So you're still going to want to be on the $10 tier for that. And uh, that's going to be your only opportunity to hear us uh, review the show. Because if we do an instant reaction, we're not going to do a whole nother review on the following flagship. So it will be live, though. It just won't be as uh, quick as it usually is because uh, Rich has to get home. So. Yeah, God willing, I'll, I'll get home pretty quick. I'll get out of that parking lot pretty quick. But I'll I'll keep you guys updated on Twitter as well. I'll let you know you know where I'm at. But I'm not far from the arena, uh, so once I get on the road, it should be pretty quick, uh, and everything will be set up here to just kind of go live immediately. But uh, yeah, it will not be five ten minutes after uh, the show. It'll be a little bit after. But yeah, hopefully, I don't want to put a time on it. But but I'm hoping thirty, forty, fifty minutes max after the show, depending on how hard it is to get out of that uh, godforsaken arena. So. Uh, that's that. So anyway, we will be we will be live patreon.com slash voice the wrestling ten dollar tier uh instant reaction live immediately. Uh not immediately. <laughs> after. <laughs> I would say immediately. That's always uh, after AEW All Out uh twenty twenty one. But uh, let's 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 get into the show uh and, and kind of preview what's going on here because we had the go home uh, dynamite. Uh you uh, reviewed that on the Thursday TV reviews uh this week, also at patreon.com slash voice wrestling. That's on the five dollar tier though. So there you go, five dollar tier for that one. Uh Thursday TV reviews. But uh you the media call too is behind the page. Oh, the forgot about the media call. Yeah, we've done a lot of all out. Yeah, a lot of all out content going on uh, yeah. uh, this weekend as well. So yeah, featuring Joe Lanza, featuring our very own Jim Woodcock and Joe Lanza. Slayer. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, yeah, so a lot of stuff going on with all out. Uh, getting it ready for the weekend. And uh, Joe, my my anticipation level of of attending the show is is I don't want uh, through the roof. I think is probably the way to say it. I mean, running down this card at least you know laying this card out and 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 kind of typing out all the matches as I'm uh, putting the notes together uh, for this flagship. I was just like, holy shit, what a show this is! I mean, this is an absolutely loaded show. And I, I thought that go home show just. It helped me get more into this show than I even was before that. I mean, I, I thought it was a tremendous go-home show. I thought the promo videos were fantastic. I thought the promos in the ring were fantastic. I thought the the stories they did were pretty good. I mean, I am very, very excited for the show, and I, I, I'm anticipating it being a very good pay-per-view uh, from, from AEW. But uh, overall, you know, I'm sure you touched on it, you know, in great detail in the Thursday tier reviews, but, you know, quickly, what did you think of the go-home show uh, for Dynamite here? I thought it was all right. Um... I, you know, I, I didn't think it was a bad show. I didn't think it was a great show either. I thought, but th- they always seem to, the 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 last couple of shows before each pay-per-view, they always seem to rev it down a bit. Um, this was better than last week's show, I think. But it was really carried to me by, I thought there was a lot of good, I thought the promos and a lot of the pre-tapes were yeah. excellent. Mm-hmm. I think that was the big key here. Um the bell to bell was fine, but there were a lot of very good promos, excellent promos, and some really cool pre-tapes. And they don't typically devote a lot of time to pre-tapes, but they devoted more time to that type of stuff this week than they typically do. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was a great, and I tweeted it out last night as well, but I, I was a big fan of the way that they utilized the pre-tapes and utilized videos, and, and, and that's something I've been screaming about as long as this show's existed, is is why, you know, WWE can do the same thing 
Ring of Honor can do and Every wrestling company can do the exact same thing. We see these great promo packages. We see these great video packages. We see them before matches on pay-per-views. We see them on countdown shows. We see them on YouTube shows. And it's like, put this stuff on TV. You're not in a war anymore. And there, there used to be these types of things. Like, WWE used to show these things all the time. WCW used to have these things. But then once they started the Monday Night War, nobody wanted to sh- go to a video because, oh, my God, God forbid somebody switches over to the next station. That's nine. The war was over in 1999, and we're still following and adhering to those TV standards. There's no reason not to do this stuff. It's such. It's a great way to tell a story. It's a great way to get you in, in, invested in the characters. It's a great way to get you invested in the story. And it's such little. You know, it, it took. There was a Darby Allen promo that that he did. It was maybe 90 seconds, maybe 90 seconds, maybe two minutes, three minutes tops, three minutes tops, and it was just Darby saying. Okay, this is what CM Punk said. Well, here's my retort to that. And this Sunday at All Out, I'm going to face you. That was it. You know what I mean? That's all it was. But, like, you got his character in just those 90 seconds or a few minutes. You got, you understood his character. Here's Darby Allen in black and white talking about CM Punk, saying, hey, when I was 13, I, you were my favorite wrestler. But I take offense to the fact that you wanted to talk to me first and wanted to face me first. You should want to face me last. Here I am riding on a skateboard. Okay, I'll see you on Sunday. That's all it took. And you know now everything. You know Darby's character, his persona. You get a little bit of the, you know, the, 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 what, what the character's involved with and, and everything about that. You know that he likes skateboarding. You know he's kind of a dark, brooding guy. And then you know, you know, what, what he's fighting for on Sunday and why he's fighting CM Punk on Sunday. And that's it. It took 90 seconds and it was over. And it's just, I don't understand why wrestling companies don't utilize this stuff. And, and we, we scream about it all the time. We mentioned the Mae Young Classic a little bit earlier. May Young Classic and the Cruiserweight Classic, we came out of the show and I, I screamed about how awesome those promo packages were before every single match where they would take the two competitors and they would say, here's this person, here's this person. In two minutes, we're going to tell you their life story and their motivations. And they did. Every single person. And you were invested yeah. in every one of these stories. Yeah. Didn't matter who the wrestler was. Every single person had a great story. Rich Swan was the one that I think I remember the most from the Cruiserweight Classic. In, in two minutes, he goes, yeah, well, you know, my parents abandoned me and I grew up on the streets and then I got my life together and now I'm going to be here and I want to win this tournament because that's what that would mean everything to me. And it would let me tell people that, hey, it doesn't matter what happens in your life. If you put things together, you can achieve anything. And it was like a minute. And you're like, fuck yeah, Rich Swan, let's go, man. Let's do it. And that in that moment, he had more character work than he had in any other stop in his entire life and his entire career. And at the time, I screamed about it. Why don't you, you could do this with every character on the main roster? You could sit everybody down, talk to them for 30 minutes, chop up the parts you want, and you can run that promo whenever you want. Anytime you want to pump up, hey, we need to get people a little bit more interested in Dean Ambrose. Let's run this video from Dean Ambrose or whatever. And and they just they they never do it. And it's Probably half an issue with, you know, them being characters, not human beings and all that sort of stuff. But, like, there's just no reason not to do these types of videos on your TV. And I'm so glad that AEW is just bucking that trend and going, screw that. We have these great videos. We're producing these things. Let's put them on the air. Who gives a shit? So, I, I loved it. I, I thought they did a great job with it on Dynamite this week. Well, I think in their I think in their case, they think people are going to change the channel. Because Dynamite is very go, go, go. They do all their analytics and their research. They know what keeps people tuned in. They know exactly when people are tuning out. And, you know, we've heard from them directly. They think whenever people aren't wrestling, people are changing the channel. So that's what keeps them from doing them. But they did more than ever in a single two-hour show this week. So maybe with the go-home shows, they're going to buck the trend and they're going to bite the bullet and just do them. Now, this show did over a million viewers and a 0.38 in the demo it was number one on cable and it was the most viewed pay-per-view go-home show that they've ever done 
So maybe they look at that and say, you know what? People stuck with the show. They stuck with it the whole way. We had more people watching than ever. If a few people are going to change the channel because a Darby Allen pre-tape comes on, we're going to just bite the bullet and eat it because these things are going to be good and they might end up selling a few more pay-per-views. Yeah. So, uh, so it may be worth it just to do that. I don't, I wouldn't expect to see this sort of thing on a week in week out basis. Now, when it comes to WWE, I don't know why they don't do them because if you look at WWE television, it's loaded with recap videos of stuff that you just saw before the commercial break. Sometimes they'll replay half of a segment. Like they'll do like a Miz TV. <laughs> right. There'll be some right? Miz Sheamus in ring, you know, thing where they talk about each other and, and do stuff. They'll go to commercial and go, ah, before the break, we saw the Miz and Sheamus, and it'll it'll cut in halfway through the fucking promo. And you watch the other entire promo and you're yeah. like, I saw this. I yeah. just I just saw And they'll this. show you ninety to a hundred they'll yeah. show you ninety to hundred and twenty seconds of what you just watched before the commercial. AEW never does that. AEW almost never runs a recap video. I mean, they don't forget segment to segment. They barely do them show to show. How many recap videos from from Rampage did they show on Dynamite this week? The answer is zero. They almost never do that. Occasionally, they'll recap something. And Rich, it's literally like 15 to 20 seconds when they do. They don't waste a ton of time on it, and they almost never do it. My point here is WWE uses a lot of their television and real estate to show shit over again. They could easily replace that with well-produced video uh, uh, packages that are along, more along these lines of getting talent over or getting a story over as opposed to just doing constant and nonstop uh, you know, uh, replays of of things you saw literally five minutes earlier. So I can't explain you tends to stay away from them. Yeah, it's 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 a very strange thing that I, I don't quite get. And AEW, I, I'll give them credit as well because they, they're doing this uh, uh, on Friday uh, with uh, they're going to air Rampage and then immediately after Rampage they're going to do that countdown show. And those countdown shows are really good if you've never watched those. I, I I'm a big fan of those because again, it's using basically these promos, maybe the extended cuts of those promos, uh, and basically airing it on TV and saying, hey, look, you know. It's probably gonna. It might do okay ratings. You know, our fans will probably enjoy it and and, and watch it. Uh, maybe we get a few random stragglers who who jump on and watch it or whatever. And and now that you have Rampage, I mean, then you give it a kind of an awesome, a pretty good leading because sometimes it'll just they'll, they'll plop in that road you know road to whatever show just on a random Friday or random Saturday or whatever. This is kind of a cool thing here to put it uh, right after Rampage. So yeah, I do wonder if you maybe pick up a few extra viewers or, or, or people that maybe you know weren't planning on watching wrestling that night or watch these recap videos and go, that's eh, kind of cool. You know, that's that's it's just it's using like you said real estate. You you, you use the term real estate a bunch. I think it's a smart way to use your television real estate at, at least for these go home shows and at least in the build anticipation to these because we've seen so many other sports entities and 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 especially in the fighting world show how effective this stuff is and it's not just the i mean those those 24 7 things they do before big boxing matches i mean those things are are 
are, you know, well received by everybody and just always pointed to as like one of the big reasons why, you know, people got into stuff. I mean, WWE does a little bit of that on the network. Uh, and they've obviously done those 24-7s, but they always do them, like, you know, 10 weeks after the fact. Like, you know, after Money in the Bank, they're like, all right, now here's the WrestleMania 24-7. Like, I don't care anymore. Like, why do I want to – I don't give a shit about how it was backstage at WrestleMania, you know, uh, eight months after the fact or whatever. But, uh, you know, UFC does great countdown shows. Uh, uh, AEW, I'm enjoying them doing these countdown shows as well and utilizing these videos. Because you make these, you edit these, they're, they're well done, they're well produced, and they're just great compact ways to, to tell your stories and get your characters over. So – uh, more of this in, in, in wrestling, particularly in these go-home shows, is, is definitely what I want to see uh, moving forward. But uh, you want to talk about this show? Kind of break it down, give our yeah, predictions? Let's do it. Uh, pre-show. Maybe I'll get there for the pre-show. We'll see. I don't know. Depends what the line is outside. Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Utah, and Jurassic Express versus Matt Hardy, Private Party, and Helico, and Jack Evans. Yeah, so we learned that Pac and Andrade is off the show. Now, in my opinion, Pac and Andrade was the coldest match on the show with the exception of Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. But the thing about Britt Baker and Chris Statlander is they really haven't done the go-home angle yet. And that's probably coming Friday because they have the Chris Statlander versus Reba, not Rebel, and Jamie Hayter handicap match coming. So you think there's got to be an angle coming off of that. So... They have one more opportunity to kind of heat up this Britt Baker-Chris Statlander match, which to me feels very cold. The difference, though, is Britt Baker as an act is very hot. Pac and Andrade are not hot acts, and the match was cold on top of that because the build stunk. So that match is off. It's going to happen on TV at some point. But um, as far as just a bell-to-bell match, it, it had a chance to be really good but it definitely felt like one of the colder matches on the show. So that causes a domino effect. That's out. The Casino Battle Royal is now on the pay-per-view proper, and now we have this 10-man pre-show match, which um, is the Orange Cassidy-Matt Hardy feud, which has been going on on TV, but just hadn't made the cut for the pay-per-view. They have so many storylines, and they have so many feuds going on on their TV that many of them didn't make the pay-per-view. You had this one. You've got the Team Taz drama. That's not on the pay-per-view. There's a couple of others. So um, bumping Pac and Andrade, which was a cold story anyway, that's not the reason they bumped it, but that being bumped off the show gave an opportunity to move the Battle Royal up and move the Orange Cassidy-Matt Hardy feud onto the pay-per-view. Yeah, and I don't think I'm going to miss. I mean, It's a 10-man tag. It'll be on the pre-show. Sorry, I have a little bit of connection issues here, so we're, we'll we'll try to get those figured out. I think it might be on my end. I'm not. I'm not sure. But uh, uh, what I was gonna say is, you know, from from my perspective, I'm not. I don't know if I miss Pac and, and Andrade that much on the show. I mean, obviously, any opportunity to see Pac is is, is awesome, uh, and, and you know, one of my favorite wrestlers. But yeah, like you said, cold as ice, uh, and I'm really not gonna miss it on the show. There's enough loaded stuff on the show, and and yeah, you're absolutely right. It is probably the weakest build of, of, a, of a major match on the show. And that, and that includes like Paul White and QT Marshall. You know what I mean? Like that's head angles. That's head stuff. That's head things. Like, yes, I'd rather see Pac versus Andrade, but Paul White and QT Marshall as a story has been done a lot better. Uh, yeah, there was, there's been almost nothing for Pac and Andrade. I mean, I was there live at, at, at the United Center for Rampage, and essentially they had Pac wrestle. I, mean, I don't know if this aired on Dark yet, but, you know, Pac wrestled the match. Andrade sat by the table. 
Pac won the match. He said, hey, Andrade, get in this ring. And Andrade said, ah, I'll get in that ring. And then he went to the back. And I was like, okay, cool. And that's the story. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty much all we've had so far from this story. So, yeah, it's been cold as ice. And, and God only knows if they, you know, I don't know if they had something big planned for Dynamite this week and something big planned for Rampage this week. But uh, it's not a huge loss to this card, unfortunately. So, I think I'm on a slight delay from you. I think that's what the issue is. So maybe... Um... Uh, the next time you're you're giving a uh, a long monologue, I'll I'll pop out of the call and pop back in. Maybe okay, we could okay. try that. But at any rate, because um, you're you're just hearing me on a slight delay, that's what the problem is. But at any rate, yeah. I'll, look, the Andrade Pac thing just wasn't working. They tried some uh, promos a few weeks in a row. They all all fell flat. Andrade and I'm not listen. I'm not, I could take a victory lap, but that's not what this is. He's just not coming across like a star. He's not coming across confident. That's the big issue with him. He's coming across, but he, but, but you can tell that like that he himself is not confident in, in in the role he's trying to portray. It's just not working. And because of that, they've tried switching managers. They've tried letting them talk a little bit. None of it's working. So uh, as a result, the match was coming across. That's really what it was. Uh, I think they've done a much, much better job building all these other matches. And, um, you know, it might be a happy accident that whatever issues are going on, the quote unquote travel issues or whatever, uh, Pac was just in Chicago. I don't know what travel issues they could be having. Um, I can't imagine he flew back to Europe in that short amount of time and is now flying back. I mean, that doesn't make a ton of sense, whatever the match isn't happening. It felt cold anyway. They'll do it on TV. And I think it has a chance to be a cool little TV match. You know, you open up a rampage with it or something. And you give them 15, 20 minutes. I keep, everyone keeps saying they got to figure it out. Maybe there's nothing to figure out. Maybe he just is what he is now. And, um, and maybe, you know, he's never going to recapture that charisma that he once had. Yes, we'll see. You know, as I said, not, not a huge, huge loss to the show. Uh, it, it itself, but uh, yeah, move on to some other matches here. Uh, I'll, I'll talk for a sec. Joe, do you want to disconnect and try to come back? Yeah, you're going to do that. So we'll, we'll try to get those connection issues fi- fixed uh, uh, as quick as we can. We'll get Joe back in here uh, and, and see what we can do there. But uh, yeah, no, again, like the pocket Andrade thing, I'm not going to miss it too much on the show, uh, and I think it'll work out pretty well. Uh, like you said, as a TV match or, 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 or some other um, some other match we can try to to, to get involved in. So uh, Joe, I think you're back on now, right? Yeah, I'm back. All right, let's see. We'll give that a try. See oh, how it goes. So. The timing seems much better if you were just responding to me. Yes, I was. So we're good. Yep. You had one moment there where you were, <laughs> and this is, I, I'm sure other people heard it too. You were talking and then it like jumped to something like, I'm sure like a minute ago. You're like, yeah, they could do it on Dynamite. I just don't know if he's going to get this charisma back. And I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> how much did we miss there? Like, oh, so. you know what I think? It probably, it probably caught me up. Did it snap back into time maybe? So I probably didn't need to leave the call and come back but at any rate we're fixed now we're so, good good to go you just missed is. all of that gold that i had about uh andrade and Pac. unfortunately a great segment well, all-time great all-time great segment by joe there about Pac and andrade but unfortunately yeah. uh lost to the ether but uh so we said that's the pre-show match uh, we also have a casino battle royal for the aw women's uh title uh, for a women's title match i should say nyla rose thunder rosa the bunny big swole julia hart ty conti diamante penelope ford red velvet hikaru shida emmy sakura jade cargill kira hogan Abaddon, Layla Hirsch, Kylan King, Rebel, Jamie Hayter, Anna Jay. Uh, before today, it was two uh, to be announced, but we did hear on the on the conference call that Riho 
uh, is one of the two to be announced, and there is still one more to be decided left to be decided. And I think <laughs> I think I have a guess on that, but uh, I don't know. Joe, who's your wild guess for this to be decided in the Casino Battle Royal women's match? Everyone seems to think it's Ruby Riot. Yeah, so I would assume. Uh, you know, I have one. I have another chance to say Ruby Riot until. And that's it. Yeah, this is uh, your last. This is it. So get it out now because uh, she'll be Ruby Soho afterwards. So you'll just have to do your your weird Ruby Soho thing again. That if you it's did. her. Yeah. Right. If right. it's her. Ruby, 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 Ruby. See Soho. that one. So you can just do that every week now. I think that that's just as good as Ruby Riot. So. Uh, I could really be in a cover band if I wanted to be. Uh, a rancid cover band? Yeah, for sure. For sure. That was deadly accurate. <laughs> I mean, so um, that's who we think it might be. So. Yeah, I know uh, on the conference call, Tony did say, and we have another big surprise, but like, I mean, I, I assume that means that, but who, I mean, who knows? It, it could be anybody at this point. But I mean, I, it, a safe assumption would be that the betting uh, favorite would probably be Ruby Soho, but we'll see. Uh, I'll see what happens there for the Casino Battle Royal. But uh, yeah, that, that sounds pretty fun. I'm into, I'm into Battle Royals. So uh, then we get into the, the, the meat of the show here. John Moxie versus Satoshi Kojima. Just like a match on the card. And it's one of those ones that I didn't, like, I know that it's happening, but I forget it happens. And then I write it down and I go, holy shit, like in a few days, I'm going to watch John Moxley come out to Wild Thing. And he's going to get in the ring. And then Satoshi Kojima is going to come into the ring. And then they're going to beat the shit out of each other in front of me. And that is fucking incredible. Yeah. Like, yeah, what the fuck? Are you shitting me? Are you getting John Moxley versus Soshi Kojima? I mean, it's not Tanahashi. Someone else is going to get that. But, you know, you got enough on this show. You can split I'm good. I'm good, man. I, I don't, I, I'm don't. i trying to remember if I've ever, other than the New York show, uh, if he, he was on that show, I think, right? Have I ever seen the Toshi Kojima live? I'm trying to remember if he ever appeared on any of these Global War shows or, or any of these things. I honestly, man, I don't know that I've, trying to remember so i think i mean i don't know that i've ever seen him live to be honest was he even even on the msg show or was he injured that that's what i'm trying to remember now if he was no i actually you know what joe i don't think he was he would have been in the battle royal if anything but i don't think he was on that show and then the other the only time he's ever been wrestled near me was uh war of the worlds 2019 uh in in the odium but i didn't go to that show that was one of the war of the worlds that i did not go to because i didn't really like the card uh, he, he it was Evil and Sonata versus Kojima and Nagata, but I did not see that one. So yeah, that's uh, that. I've never seen Satoshi Kojima. So it's like, hey, you know, I <laughs> spoiled. I'm, I'm a little spoiled. I've seen Hiroshi Tanahashi live a bunch of times already. Like, yeah, it's always awesome to see him. And of course, I would love to see him versus John Moxley. But yeah, selfishly, I've never seen Kojima live, and and I'm pretty fucking excited for it. Then so there you go. You get, you get Kojima's banger theme song too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, tremendous stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him live many times, but. Um, and he's one of my favorite wrestlers. But yeah, I mean, what a cool little mid-card treat that turned out to be. I know. You know? I mean, Moxley's going to win, obviously. Sure. But, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. You know, Satoshi Kojima. You know, he's going to do his spot in the corner. Nobody's going to do the chant because no one's going to know what that word is. And I saw him I saw him on an indie show in, in, uh, in, um, in Humble, Texas, defending the NWA world title against Houston Carson. And uh, there had to be maybe 200 people there. And, you know, he does the gimmick where he throws the guy in the corner and then he yells it out and then the fans all yell back at him. I don't even know what the hell he's saying. But he he did that and nobody, (laughs) you know, and I I felt like a little secondhand embarrassment for him. But he's just running through his spots, you know, and he's looking around and no one no one did the I mean, he he got good reactions the rest of the night and, you know, was a, a decent little main event. But um 
but yeah, he 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 was it, 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 he was a lot of fun on that show because at the intermission they were did a little gimmick where you can get in the ring and take pictures with him and the NWA World Title, and um, there were there were some little kids running around ringside, and he was like playing hide and seek with them, like they would duck under the apron, and he would pretend like he couldn't see them. Right? They couldn't have been older than four or five years old. And then they poke their little heads up and he would act all surprised and sell it, you know, <laughs> and he, awesome. you know, in between taking pictures with the fan. And then he would, you know, and then he would, uh, it, it was just very uh, adorable to watch as he played with these little kids who were, who were uh, playing hide and seek with him uh, under the apron of the ring. But uh, that's just one of the little moments that you remember uh, more than the match. Honestly, I remember him playing with those kids at the intermission. But it's yeah, it's a hell of a show. I'm looking I'm looking at the show right now. It's uh I love it. It was called NWA Houston Kojima versus Carson. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Refresh <laughs> my memory. I think uh you know what? I think Keith Lee was on that show. Yeah, he was. Keith Lee teamed with Tim Storm who we'll talk about later. They faced Jack Stain and Scott Summers. Mm-hmm. Uh Ray Rowe was on that show. He faced Shane Taylor. Yep. Uh you had Byron Wolcott, Big Daddy Yum Yum versus Lou Marconi. Oh yeah, Big Daddy Yum Yum versus Big Stu. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have the unfortunate, this is what her name was. This is not me saying this. This is what her name was. Uh, Barbie Hayden defending the NWA Women's World Title against Miss Dyslexia. Yes. Miss Dyslexia. <laughs> Again, that was her name. Not Rich Grage, not Joe Lanza, not the voice of the wrestling flagship. She decided to go by the name Miss Dyslexia, just for the record. She moved out of the state. I don't know where she moved or if she's still working, but I doubt she's still using that name. But, uh, yeah, her name was Miss Dyslexia. Correct. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, she lost a career versus career match against Zane Riley in 2017. So that, uh, that was the oh, end okay. well, of Miss Dyslexia. I, so, this yeah. is way more information than anyone needs, but I think she became a nurse. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Just get her on the show. Nurse and nurse. You know, the nurses. The two nurses. Miss Dyslexia and, eh, well. and the nurse talk nursing. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that, that's a pretty fun show there. So, yeah. Kojima versus Carson in your, your big time main event. I love it on the marquee. And do a Houston Kojima versus Carson. Like, yeah, Kojima versus Carson. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it, so. Lance Archer was at that show, but he didn't work it because he was Kojima's. He was Kojima did a swing all over Texas. He was the handler, the the driver and the handler. Lance Archer was the handler, and I I, I think Kojima was staying with Lance Archer as well. So um, he was at the show, but he didn't work the show. Oh no, no, we know that. I think we know that. I think we were told by Lance Archer that he was back there. So. Yeah, I, I can't remember possibly, but yeah, there, but there was one of the many sense. times that Lance Archer said, "Yeah, they're in my pool right now." <laughs> the idea of yeah. you know these New Japan superstars just in the back, <laughs> Lance Archer's pool, you know. Yes, it's, it's Kojima just ripping a cig, laying on a floaty is just uh, just sounds incredible. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> drinking one hand, cig in the other, just sitting in a floaty in Lance Archer's pool in his backyard. I think Tenzon's the smoker. Oh, is he, I think it, Kojima. Oh, I thought Kojima smoked too, but maybe I'm would wrong. Would it shock you? I mean, no, I mean, he's a Japanese man in his 40s. It would not shock you. <laughs> he was a yeah. smoker, so no. Yeah. But, uh, Tenzon, I can confirm. No, I, mean, I, 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 I have seen Tenzon rip sins yes. behind oh, a, yeah. a, a, a building as well. So, yeah. That, I've rolled up on shows with him outside ripping a cig. But, um, yeah, Kojima, chances are, are, are pretty good, but uh, – but but tens on a hundred percent. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was a drink in one hand and a baguette in the other uh, that he was he was munching on there. Uh, well, anyway, we know now that we can confirm. We can confirm he was eating. He he does enjoy his bread. So uh, yes. yeah, I, I wonder. Yeah, we should all get bread and just throw it in the ring when he gets in there instead of streamers. Just throw white bread into the ring and see. That'd be a terrible cleanup. Let's not do that. Uh, anyway, Paul White versus QT Marshall. 
the gun club turned. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> but, you know, like when you were talking about the Pac versus Andretti thing, and we're saying that it's like one of the coldest things on the entire show. Yes, I would prefer to see Pac versus Andrade, but there is no doubt that the Paul White QT Marshall story has a lot more going for it. It's a better story. It's a hotter story. I'm still not sure I want to see it, but it, it it's got, you know, it's got something to it. No, they've done a good job building it. There's no question. I mean, you might not be into it, but they've built it well. And now I'm not as convinced that a go-go is going to show up. I mean, I thought this was all going to be a setup for tall Paul versus a go-go. You know, he would just squash QT Marshall and then maybe a go-go would attack him or something. But that doesn't make a ton of sense now because now he has to get revenge on the gun club. So it would kind of, his attention would be split too many ways if Anthony Agogo showed up on this show and attacked them. So I'm a little colder on that idea. I still think he's going to beat QT Marshall with minimal effort, but um, they can't just have gun club attack him. They can't have Billy Gunn beat him with a chair and then just have them go their separate ways. Like there has to be a program coming, right? I, I would suppose, yeah, I, I can't imagine they just did this as like a one-off thing. Just to, There's got to be something more to it. There has even to if it's done on dark, even if it doesn't get dynamite real estate, there there has to be more to this. It can't just be, Tall Paul can't just let Billy Gunn get away with this, is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, this cannot stand. Yeah, right. So, so there has to be more to it, which means there really isn't room. Like, he can't be feuding with Anthony Agogo and the factory and the gun club all right, the same Right, time. right, right. There's just too much going on for them to then slip Anthony Agogo in there. He punches out Paul White, and then we just, yeah, we move on to that story and then the gun club thing. Yeah, there's got to be something more to the gun. It's, it, it, it stands to reason, too. I mean, you could get a lot of real estate out of the gun club versus Paul White if you really want to. It's not, again, not something I really care to watch, but you can build up Paul White going through all the, 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 the sons until he gets to Billy type stuff. Again. Nothing I want to see at all, but like, yeah, you, you, you it, it seems like that okay, would be well, the plan. Okay, well, let me ask you a question: Would it would that be so terrible if it was a month long or two month long program on dark? Um, no, I just don't want to ever watch the big show. Right, but you anything. won't have to. It'll be on dark. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if if it's on a show that I don't watch, then sure. Yeah, it'd be that's great. I mean, like, I don't think it's something that you would give a lot of time on 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 the Turner networks, but you know, if you put that on on dark and dark elevation and and it's just something to help the 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 gun boys you know cut their teeth further and uh you know because i think that colton has a lot of potential so does the other one honestly i mean both of them do um you know so i mean i i don't know i just the bottom line here is i'm a, I'm a lot colder on the idea of a go-go showing up now because i think this will be big show well I'm, i damn it i almost got through the whole segment this will be tall paul's uh, new direction after Marshall. It'll be whatever they're going to do with the gun club. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to call him Big Show for like another five years, uh, maybe. It, it's going to be real tough. I mean, he was Big Show for, since, you know, 1999. It's going to be yeah. uh, very difficult to, to, to go back to, to Paul White. I, I like your idea of, 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 of Tall Paul. That, that's a good one, too, because Paul White is, is, is just, it doesn't it, quite it, work. It doesn't roll off the tongue. No, it I, 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 yeah, it, it struggles. So, um, anyway, I move on to this. Uh, this got real hot on Dynamite this week, and I was into it. Some great promos from both these guys. AWTNT Championship, Miro versus Eddie Kingston. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. This is, I mean, this is a, this is one of those matches that is why AEW rules. It's fucking Miro versus Eddie. You know what I mean? Like, in what universe yeah. is the former Rusev, formerly known as Rusev, going to face Eddie Kingston on pay-per-view? It, it rules. It's like, 
you if you told somebody two years ago, yeah, on pay per view, it's gonna be Rusev versus Eddie Kingston. <laughs> like, what the fuck's wrong with you? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's a chance their styles don't mesh. I think there's definitely a chance of that. But I mean, it's a cool matchup, and it's all been through promos. I mean, it's been Miro talking shit about this guy, and uh, finally Kingston shot back. He said, "You're. I've been studying you. Your weakness is the DDT. I'm coming after your neck." Now there's the story right there. Like he's going to come into this match. He's going to go right after this guy's neck. So, um, yeah, no, they, again, I, I'm good. I, I feel like a broken record, but I think with the exception of Brit and Statlander, which they still have a, one more shot to fix it. I think they've built everything on this show tremendously. Uh, this one, obviously long, 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 long build here. Uh, Jericho versus MJF. If Jericho loses, he must retire. And Joel, I'll ask you, if, you, if you're a betting man, which you have been known to uh, throw down a few bets here and there, uh, do you have Jericho winning this match or losing this match? You know, I was entertaining the idea of Jericho losing a couple of weeks ago, but I've changed my mind. He's absolutely winning the match. He's got too much time left on his contract. It's too soon to kind of stick him in the rampage booth or whatever. I, so... And, and the more I think about it, the less I think that losing will hurt MJF at all. He already beat the guy three times. He's put him through the ringer. He threw him off the top of a cage. He can lose this match and be okay. So, yeah, I think uh, I think Jericho wins this, and you know they both move on, but don't, but not forever, because it's AEW, and what we've learned about this company is it's a lot. It's a lot like Dragon Gate in that things never really end forever. You know, there's still gonna be that. You know, it's not like WWE where MJF and Jericho are going to bump into each other in a hallway a month from now and it's going to be like the feud never happened. That's not how they do things. So I think Jericho will win. They'll go their separate ways for now, but there could be something else down the road. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I About a month or so ago when this when we were starting to get this whole MJF and, the, and going through the, the ringer and Jericho having to beat these challenges or whatever, I, I, I was under the impression that it was going to end – with Jericho losing and retiring at, you know, all out or at this, at a big show, whether it's on, you know, whatever, with full gear. And the more and more it's happened, it's just like, yeah, we're, I just don't think we're ready for that yet. And, and especially on this show where, you know, maybe a month or two ago, this felt like the biggest program in the, in the company right now it doesn't. And that's not, that's not because they don't, they haven't been doing a good job. I think they've still been doing a very good job at the build. It's just that so many other things have happened in those two months since the story really started to catch fire again, or these last three months when the story really started to catch fire again, uh, CM Punk joined the company. <laughs> I mean, like Kenny and Chris and Cage is a brand new story you can do. There, there's just so many other things on this show that I think are, are, are just more important that I would hate to see them decide, okay, this is going to be the match that we're going to stick with the stipulation where Jericho is going to lose and he's going to retire and that's going to be it for him. I would hate for it to just be like, you know, the third match in the top or feel unimportant in any way. Like when you're going to do that match and when the time is eventually right to do it, which is going to come sooner rather than later. I mean, for sure with Chris Jericho, but when the time is right, we should all know when we should all feel, okay, this is probably it. This is probably going to be done for Jericho. I don't have that right now. I really, truly don't think that. And I think it would be a little bit of a misstep because I, I don't I don't sense that the crowd is ready for that to be the end of Jericho's career either. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, we should know that, okay, it, it, we're really staring down here. 
this is the end of it. And I know they tried to do it on the promo this week. They had him get emotional. They had JR get a little emotional. They had sort of stuff. It still doesn't feel like the time is right to do that yet. I mean, that is a big time story. You're going to end Chris Jericho's career and presumably stick to that stipulation in this company because they've done that and they've proven that they'll do that. If you're going to do that, that's got to be a big moment. That's got to be a huge moment. It's got to be a main event. It's got to be a big deal. I just don't think it's that big of a deal right now as far as the story's been told, so... Uh, Steel Cage, AEW World Tag Team Titles. This should be absolutely fucking insane here. Uh, the Young Bucks defending the titles against the Lucha Brothers. Now, I'll ask you one real quick, Joe. Would you have preferred this be Jurassic Express, or are you fine with it being the Lucha Brothers? I'm fine with it. I like the Lucha Brothers better. I, I'm not a big Jurassic Express fan, so maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. But I, I can see the argument, though. Like, I, I understand why you're asking me that, and I get it. But I don't think they want to belt up Jungle Boy yet. And in this match, the challengers have to win because the whole reason you're doing the cage match is the classic pro wrestling story of the heels keep using outside interference. So finally they get neutralized with the cage and then they get theirs and they lose. The Bucks cannot win this match, especially since Phoenix just got pinned on dynamite. Yeah, they got pinned and they beat everybody down for 20 minutes. It would stand yeah. a reason that. Hopefully they don't go in there and throw some super kicks, one, two, three. That would be bad. That would be a bad finish. No, you're going to kill that team if they lose. The only way Lucha Brothers can lose is if you're splitting them up. You beat them, you write them off, they split up, they feud with each other, whatever the fuck. But that, I don't feel like that's going to happen yet. So they have to win this match. Phoenix got pinned. They got the shit kicked out of them inside the cage on the go-home show. If they lose the cage match too, and then it, presumably it would be clean because it's in the cage... I mean, they're just going to look like absolute geeks. So Lucha Brothers are going to win. They're going to win the tag team titles. And I don't think they wanted to belt up Jurassic Express yet. Or, you know, the, the dinosaur doesn't matter. They didn't want to belt up Jungle Boy yet. So this is the direction they're going. Plus, Lucha Brothers are undefeated in like 15 straight two-versus-two tags. They're playing that up. They're undefeated on the year. They're like 10-0. and 0. So um, I think this is the Lucha Brothers' time to win the tag team titles. And this is just good old-fashioned pro wrestling storytelling. The Bucks have been getting away with murder. All of the outside interference that everybody's annoyed with and complaining about. Well, here you go. This is like 1983 again. Now you're getting them in a cage. And I'm sure they're going to have some kind of interference attempts with the Good Brothers or Don Callis or whoever. That'll backfire because of the cage. And you're going to get uh, the classic, uh, the good guys come out on top on the pay-per-view. And the Lucha Brothers are going to win the tag team titles. Yeah, and, and there's also the connection, too. I mean, they faced each other on All Out a few years ago uh, yeah. as well. That The Lucha Brothers won that one as, as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, make make this, like, you know, this, oh, on All Out, you know, the, twice on All Out, these guys went in there, and they beat each other, and full, so, yeah, there's there's so much going on there. So, I'm with you. I, I saw the criti- I understand the criticism. I, I, I totally get it, uh, why a lot of people would want Jurassic Express in that spot and think that they're hot and to, to strike while the iron's hot. But, you know, AEW's done, I think, a really good job of, of, of realizing that, yes, the iron is hot now. But we're, we're going to be able to make sure that, that iron stays hot in six months when, you know, we're ready for it or we think the guys are ready for it or whatever. It's, it's you know, we're all kind of reaching for the – I mean, and, and that's – again, we've been burned so many times in major American wrestling yeah. that anytime a team gets hot or a guy gets hot or a woman gets hot for, you know, a month, we're like, oh, you got to strike. You got to do it. You got to do it or else you're going to fuck it up and you're never going to do it. And it's like, no, no, they get it. They understand it, man. Like, you know, they know. They know the Jurassic Express is over. You know, like, anybody worried about – about Jungle Boy, don't worry about Jungle Boy. Yeah. Believe me. 21 years old. I think we're you okay. Yeah. You have to worry about Jungle Boy. They're going to, listen, they're going to take care of Jungle Boy. They're going to give Jungle Boy 
every opportunity to get over, stay over, and be a major player, you know, five years from now. So I wouldn't even worry about it. Um, and look, the Lucha Brothers, it'd be great if they had a tag team title run. I mean, that you know, it's not like you're getting, you know, I don't even know. Yeah, it's not private like, party beating the Young yeah. Bucks. Then, then I would maybe go, eh, I don't know about that. Yes, it's going to be, it's going to guarantee us at least every other week a Lucha Brothers tag team title match, which uh, I'm in for. I sound, That sounds good to me. Uh, AW Women's World Title here: Doctor Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. As you said, cold as ice right now, but there is definitely an opportunity to get things going here uh, on Friday on Rampage. But still, ultimately, kind of feels just a kind of a throwaway uh, title match. I don't know. I, I have no juice in this one, other than Britt Baker being super over. Statlander runs in every so often, but it it just doesn't feel like anything's really. I don't know. I'm I'm just not. I'm not feeling this match right now. Even though I, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be pretty good, but. I think that, yeah, well, we'll see. But, I mean, the build hasn't been great. The difference between Pac and Andrade is they tried to do a build for Pac and Andrade, and it just didn't work. They haven't even really tried to do a build for this. Um, you know, not a ton of effort's been put into it. We'll see what happens on Friday with the handicap match. But the, the difference here is Britt is so over that it almost doesn't matter. I mean, she's one of the two or three most over people on the entire roster by crowd reaction. So, um you know, they'll try to heat it up on Friday. The other problem with Britt is it's just so ambiguous, the face heel thing. I mean, sometimes she's a face, sometimes she's a heel. And it it's not really based on any of her actions. It's just how different crowds treat her. And, you know, so that makes it a little tricky sometimes to build matches. Because Nyla Rose, I mean, Britt was kind of the baby face in that program. In this one, she's firmly the heel. But she's probably going to get cheered anyway in the building. Yeah, so, oh, for sure. Especially since they haven't done anything to really heat up the match or heat up Chris Statlander. So yeah, they're, they're, like as a fan in the crowd, what are you rooting for Chris Statlander yeah. for? I mean, all she's really done is kind of run in occasionally when 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 Britt and, and Hater and uh, and Rubble are doing something. But yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot to really hate Britt Baker for and rally behind Chris Statlander for. So yeah, I could totally see a lot of the fans just going, hey, Britt Baker's cool. I like Britt Baker. I'm just going to cheer Britt Baker and not really care about Chris Statlander. So it, it could end up being a really weird match too where they, they, they you know work against that or they don't really quite know how to handle that. Well, and it's going to be an issue for Britt Baker moving forward until they just they just pull the trigger and turn her, uh, turn her face. Kind of, kind of. But the thing about it is AEW is the kind of place where they don't really care. They just care that you're reacting in some way. You know, it's been the same way with Cody a lot of the times, too. So um, just because of the house style of the promotion, I don't know that it's that big of a deal. The, but... the, so the one time where it makes it, it kind of makes me annoyed is with Britt Baker matches when you have the crowd solely behind her. But then you have Rebel, you know, hitting the, yeah. somebody with a cane. And then you have That's Jamie weird. Hader coming in and knocking somebody down or whatever. There's just the optics are, are weird because in the crowd's like, yeah, awesome, yeah. beat her up. And it's just like, what? Like, you know what I mean? And then they, you know, then the announcers are saying, oh, what the hell? I can't believe, you know, why, what's Rebel doing out there? But the crowd's going nuts type stuff. So it's just, um, you know, the optics of it are just a little strange for me. No, yo, yeah, it's definitely that is definitely when it comes across the most awkward. No question about it. Uh, and then we have uh, last two matches here: uh, AW World Championship, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. I think they're going to kill it. I mean, I think I told you last week. I really think they're going to go out there and have a match of the year caliber match. Um, and I think Omega will win relatively. I think he'll win as clean as he's going to win in this current incarnation of his character. He may just win clean. Period. Because I don't think that will hurt Christian because Christian already beat him. Like we've seen Christian beat him. So it's not like you're burying Christian by 
beating him up in the cage and then beating him on the pay-per-view two days later because he ended Kenny Omega's winning streak. He pinned him in the center of the ring. He won a world title from him. So you can beat Christian here and you can beat Christian clean if you want to. It's also so, Christian. That, that's it. Cause I saw a lot of people saying, Oh man, I'm kind of confused now. You know, they beat him up in that cage and Kenny Omega stood tall and it's like, well, yeah, but Kenny Omega should just beat Christian a lot. Like, you know, Christian is, it, it's all the rep right now on Christian. Like you're not, you're not really worried about protecting Christian. Like he's there to be, you know, and, and, and this will probably, this might be the highest high he has in this company. I mean, he might just go it's gonna and be, be an upper mid card. Right. That's what I mean. Like this, <clears throat> this might be as high as it gets. So, it's not that big of a deal if, if he gets in the ring there, they have a good back and forth match, and then Kenny Omega just, you know, like you said, hits the V trigger, hits the one wing angel, and puts him away. One, two, three. It's like, all right, cool. You know, Christian gave it his all, but Kenny Omega is the champion. Kenny Omega's better. You know, Christian beat him one time. He got he took one title away from him, but he's not taking the AEW world title away from him. Yeah, I, they I, already have they, they already have protected him. He beat him once. Right, that's what I mean. So it's not like yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I don't again, like that's another thing that we've been sort of trained to think, oh man, they beat him up yeah. in the go home angle. That means it's definitely gonna be Christian. And it's like, no, it, it's not. Or, you know, people wondering, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to protect Christian? You don't have to protect Christian. It's Christian, man. He loses. He already did. Yeah, he, he did. loses clean and rolls out of the ring, and he still has the impact title, and he'll still be an upper mid-carder. It's, it's, you know, it's fine. The difference between Christian and the Lucha Brothers is Christian beat Kenny Omega, like, two weeks ago. You know, the Lucha Brothers, if they lose, they have been bested every step of the way. Because the all-out match from two years ago or whatever is ancient fucking history. Okay, in this current program, they have never had the upper hand. No, they've been beaten down and destroyed at every turn. Phoenix just got pinned on TV, and then he got beat up. That's the, the difference. Is Christian just beat Kenny Omega? Christian has the upper hand on Omega going into the whole story of this match. Is Christian is in Omega's head? That's the entire story of the match. So, it this one is set up the opposite. Even though they both got beat up in the cage, this story is set up for Omega to beat Christian. Because Christian has had the upper hand all along, every step of the way, until the cage beating. And now he can lose because, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to be one and one. I mean, and and like you're saying, Christian doesn't even need that much respect in the booking, but he's getting it anyway. So anyone who's saying that they're worried about Christian not being protected, they're way off base. He just pinned the guy and won a world title from him. It's nonsense. I would also argue that, like, yeah, again, it doesn't really matter. It's Christian. <laughs> right. He's like a 45-year-old uh, upper mid-card guy, and he's a legend in his own. I mean, it's fine. It, it's okay. And it, it it behooved them to just have Kenny Omega go in there and just beat him and just stand he's tall. He's not CM Punk. Right. He's, you know, right. You know. right. 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 Uh, and speaking of, uh, presumably, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very curious on the match structure here, what, what they do here. Uh, I would assume this probably goes on last, but I think maybe you can do second to last if you want to really protect uh, the title and the prestige of the World Championship. But uh, CM Punk versus Darby Allen. I have no doubt in my mind Darby Allen is going to work his ass off to try to make this match uh, as good as it can possibly be. What are your expectations with Punk? We saw him at least get physical in the ring uh, this uh, this week. I know I've seen some people a little curious about what they're going to see out of him and, and what he can physically do or whatever. I'm not as worried because, you know, go back, and, and I'm going to do that uh, in, in September uh, at patreon.com slash voice of wrestling, going back and looking at old CM Punk matches and, and reviewing them. But, you know, if you really have watched this guy over the years, it's, you know, there's not a whole lot that physically he, there's not, he, there's not a whole lot of what he did in the ring that was dependent on his physicality and his, his athleticism and his speed and his strength and stuff. A lot of it was, you know, kind of brawling. A lot of it was just, I, I mentioned a few weeks ago, he was really good at a lot of aspects of pro wrestling, but not really great at any other one besides cutting good promos and understanding, you know, 
a, a character work and a gimmick and, and 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 a story or whatnot. So I'm not too worried. I think he'll be fine. But but do you have any apprehensions after seeing him on, on Dynamite get a little physical? I mean, I, that wasn't enough to really judge. But I think he's going to be fine. And it's Darby Allen. It's the main event. It's in Chicago. The heat's going to be off the charts. Um, and I think that'll carry it. However, whatever the quality of the match is, it'll be taken up a level by the crowd. So if it's an average match, it's going to come across like a good match. If it's a good match, it's going to come across like a great match. If it's a great match, it's going to come across like a match of the year. I mean, so because of the crowd. And, you know, so I'm not worried about it from that aspect. I think CM Punk will win. Um, It doesn't. Look, you've got however long the term of his contract is for Darby to beat him. You don't send, you don't bring CM Punk in and then beat him on his first night in Chicago. I just, I don't think you do that. It's not going to hurt Darby to lose to CM Punk in Chicago. And um, I still believe at the end of this, they're all going to end up pals. I think CM Punk, Sting, and Darby are going to have a little coalition. I think they're all going to be, I think Punk's going to be part of their little group. I don't think Sting's going to be accompanying Punk the ringside every match. I don't think, but I think it's going to be one of those deals where when one or the other needs backup, that's who's got their back. Do, do you understand what I mean by that? Oh, like, no, no, for sure. Yeah, and that's something, you know, I've had to talk to some buddies as, as well, some kind of friends that are a little bit more casual. And, and when they, you know, they watch AEW, they're always like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I thought those guys were friends, but he didn't come out with them, or I thought they were in a group together and didn't come out. And I'm like, they don't have to be attached to the hip. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, you know. Sometimes the guy will come out with a guy or like, you know, he mentioned, you know, I, I talked about with uh, um, a Jungle Boy and I was talking about, well, they probably have higher hopes for Jungle Boy. And, and his immediate thing was like, oh, well, they're going to break up Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And I said, no, you could just have Jungle Boy win a singles title and Luchasaurus could just like hang out with him or, you know, come to the ring with him. It doesn't always have to be, you know, we always talked about this with WWE is like and, and, and really all all major American wrestling is that when people were in units, they were like joined at the hip and they every time had to come out and every single time had to be together and every time had to wear the same t-shirts and you don't have to do that you could just have yeah you could just have a loose affiliation where like sometimes Sting comes down and sometimes you know when when a you know the CM Punk's getting beaten down by guys Sting can roll in the ring and Sting and Darby Allen can come and hit the ring and say hey yeah we got you buddy we got you buddy you know what I mean like Like, happened this week with right yeah like the Christian relationship with Jurassic Express he he's not with them every time out, but he he's clearly their buddy. Right, they got his back. Yeah, if, if they yeah. if the, he's in a pinch, they got his back. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah, and he's got their back. He's got their back. You know, and and you know, in kayfabe, you know, the non kayfabe is Christian is cutting Jungle Boy's promos. I mean, that's 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 like the business part of it. Like Jungle Boy's not ready to cut promos, and Luchasaurus isn't strong enough at that. So, and, but Christian is a great promo. So they basically got Christian cutting Jungle Boy's important promos. They're not always together. When when Christian comes out for matches, you know, it does you know Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and Stunt aren't there, but they have each other's back. So I think that's where this is all going. I think this isn't like a blood feud where they hate each other's guts. This is like a match where they want to prove themselves against each other. And I think Punk is just going to win the match. They might do a spot where 2.0 and Garcia try to get involved, and Sting will take care of that and run them off. And you know, even if they even bother doing something like that, but you know, Sting will handle that, and then uh, Punk will beat him. And I think at that point they'll they'll sort of have a loose affiliation, and then some point down the line Punk will put him over. You don't need to do that now. You need to capitalize on Punk now and push him, and make as much money as you can, and strike while the iron's hot 
while he's while this is all new to everybody and you have all these fresh matches, he can start putting people over later. He doesn't need to be putting people over now. And if he does win, you're going to see a lot of dumb takes and oh, they buried Darby. Just ignore it. It's just it's it's so stupid. You know, it's it, it, you know, it's like what, the Cody Darby feud is a perfect. They've done. Oh my god, it they've done it already. <laughs> like it didn't make sense for Darby to beat him right out of the gate, so they did a draw, and then Cody like kind of beat him, but you know, Darby came real close the second time, and then finally Darby beat him, and it was all for the better for them to 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 string that out because you ended up getting three really cool matches, and it was a cool little program. And Darby came up and ended that great title reign at the end of the day. And I think it'll be something similar here. I think Punk wins this one. They'll be aligned with each other forever. Because like we've talked about, that's how AEW likes to do things. Nothing is forgotten. They'll always be aligned. And eventually Punk will put them over. But now's not the time. Yeah, and the good thing that you have with uh, someone like a Darby Allen is it's so easy to structure a match where he doesn't have to get his ass completely handed to him by CM Punk. All you have to do is have Darby Allen do some depthifying thing, you know what I mean? Some stupid, you know, risk, and that ends up costing him the match. As he decided, ah, oh, you know what? I, you know, let me, yeah, I'll, I'll do a coffin drop off the top of the stage to a table or whatever, and then you know, Punk moves out of the way, and that's kind of what changes. I mean, that that's Darby gives you such a great way of doing it. And again, we've talked about this for Dar- Darby's entire career. Darby is so good at getting his ass kicked. He's so good as the underdog. He's so good as he's in. He's so good in that Sami Zayn role that it's like I almost want him to lose. He's so much better losing because then it's like, all right, now he can go into a deep dark depression, and now he can you know cut these promos about it, and he can go and you know and, and just the match structure works and, and the promos work. It's just yeah, he's he's so much better chasing and so much better kind of being the underdog here. So yeah, I, I have no issues with with Punk uh, defeating Darby, but uh, yeah, as you said, beware of bad takes on on Sunday because there will be there will be plenty of them. I want to see him take the go to sleep. I'm curious how he takes the go to sleep. Um, listen, if you think Darby's going to win, there's money to be made. He's like plus 300. So it would be a bold move to put Darby over in this match. A very bold move. I just, I can't see it. I, I think it makes more sense for Punk to win. Uh, Punk is minus 500 right now. So he's an overwhelming favorite. He's a bigger favorite than Kenny Omega. Omega is minus 400. So that tells you how big a favorite Punk is. Um, so listen, there's money to be made if you think Darby can win. And there's money to be made if you think they're going to belt up Christian Cage and put the AEW <laughs> You're Right, yeah, get over to my bookie and make some money. But uh, those are the only two lines they have up, by the way. The only two matches at this point in time. They had Andrade Pac up, but they obviously pulled it down for obvious, obvious reasons. But um, yeah, they don't have the rest of the card up, and I don't know if they're going to get the rest of it up. But uh, so do you think they close the show? They have to close the show at Punk Darby, right? I but, think so. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, given that it's in Chicago, it's his first match bat, I, I think so. It, I, I don't think it hurts the prestige of the world title either to not have it be the main event. It's, it's, I think everybody knows the score right now with this, so I, I, I think that's fine. But what if Brian Danielson's there, like, is being rumored? How does that work? Then? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to... I already had to do the, what are we going to do for the debut of Punk? I can't do what are we going to do for the debut of Danielson. I can't. I, mean, I don't you know. You can bring out... You can, you can slap Final Countdown or Flight of the Valkyries or whatever and have him come out, and you can move Punk right into a program with Brian Danielson, and there's your full gear main event, and that'll draw a shit ton of money. Um, but does that make Darby look like a geek? I guess it's sort of, yeah. You know, my, my idea now, I guess I have to fantasy book my idea. My idea would be, I would get Danielson involved with Omega 
right out of the gate. So Omega defeats Christian, beats him pretty easily, maybe cuts a shit eating promo about, ah, you know, there's nobody, nobody can defeat yeah. me. I'm the, you know, bell collector, you know, I'm the best in the world, whatever he wants to do. And that's when you hit that music. And again, like you said, that could be a great thing to have go off the show with, if you really want to, because it would be, I, I, I don't want to say, I mean, I, I don't think the fans would ever get tired, but it would be a lot to have like, Kenny Omega do that final countdown plays. Danison comes out, they have a brawl. Then they go, okay, now it's time for CM Punk and Darby Allen. It's no, like, oh no, my no, God. No. Like, if, if Brian Danielson is there, that's got to end it. Show. That's got to end the show. Right. So that means Omega Christian cage goes on last. I mean, you know, and then you put punk Darby semi main event, which is fine because even though we know that's the real main event, there's nothing wrong with having your world title match go on last anyway. You know, you can always do that, and that's and people understand because it's your world title. So, you know, and then especially if they get uh Danielson at the end, then you know, then no one is gonna remember or care about the match order at that point, nor should they. Um, so yeah, no, I think it all depends what the plan is. First of all, whether he's gonna be there. That's number one. And then if he is going to be there, it depends what his plan is. That's what how you determine what goes on last. And if you listen to Tony Khan on the media call, he talked about how it was pretty easy to format this show. He said it was pretty easy to put together this match order. To me, that's a tell that Danielson's going to be there for the reasons we just talked about. The reason it was easy to put the order together is because you have to put Danielson on last. You can't not have him come out last. So yeah, you get uh, a final countdown, Daniel Bryson, everybody chants yes. And then go, all right, now it's time for Britt Baker versus Chris Stanlander. All no, right. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, like you can't. Yeah. And it just, even if it's the semi, it sucks some of the juice out of your main, out of your main event. If you do that too, because people are all, there's that, there's like a, um, there's like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's murmur, like a, uh, a murmur, a buzz. Yeah, yeah, and what what's it called? It's like a there's like an adrenaline dump from the yeah, fans yeah, yeah. after that, and then they're not they're not going to be up for the main event. So um, if he is there, whatever program he's in, that match has to go on last, unless he's starting off in a hot feud with QT Marshall. You're not <laughs> right. Yeah, he comes okay. to the oh yeah, you know there we go. He comes to the defense of Paul White. You know the the Gun yeah. Club comes out and they're beating on Paul White. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god! Even the odds with the big show, it's... right? Totally. Ugh, that would suck. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'd hate that. So this show is definitely doing their biggest buy rate of all time. I think that's. I mean, do we even need? Uh, to I mean, fuck. Internally, that's what they think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so as well. Internally, they think so. Um, I yeah. mean, I, I don't have any doubt. So, um, it's going to be huge. Now, which Chicago building is this in? I keep getting mixed. This up. is in the now arena, the former how many, Sears how many Center. People are going to be in there? Is this the? Is uh, this so this is now? what All Out was. All All In and All Out was. What did All In do? I think that's probably the best representation. Let me let me see what that show did because that had every pretty much every ticket sold in the entire arena. There, um, they announced eleven thousand two hundred sixty three uh, for All In. Let me see what they said for All Out twenty nineteen because uh, probably be pretty similar there that's assuming these numbers are uh are shoot numbers they have ten thousand five hundred for all out so yeah okay, somewhere so in the ten thousand to eleven thousand range so the punk rampage is going to be the company record for attendance still oh yeah oh yeah yeah for sure yeah so that that was the company record for attendance right like that beat the vegas oh i would imagine it did because yeah the vegas ones were at mgm grand right and that arena is yeah. not that big at double or nothing so yeah, the United Center would definitely be the, be their highest. So and it was their biggest gate and all that, the rampage. So, but this will be their biggest pay per view 
draw ever. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, yeah, last year's all out was a hundred or a, a 2019's all out was 101,000. I was the buy rate for that one, and then last year's was 100,000 as well. We just have a range for that one. We don't know the exact uh, number for it, that one, but like all of their pay per views do like a hundred thousand. Yeah, I, I would. This one's probably in like the 120, 130, 140, 150 range, right? Like somewhere in that. Like you don't see this doing two. I mean, this they, they don't double their pay per view buys. They're right? not gonna have a hundred percent increase. No, I mean that'd be. No, I can't see that. I don't even know if I see a 50% increase. But I do see their biggest of all time. Whatever that number is, they're going to top it. Um, It's the first pay-per-view back in front of a full slate of fans Mm -hmm. since 19 also, right? So, like in an arena. Um, Did the Daily's Place pay-per-view have a full? I don't think it. I can't remember. Um, I don't think. Think so, but let me make sure because there was that double or nothing. That was in May. I guess they had five thousand for that. But I, I, I is that that's full in dailies? Now. I don't know what dailies place actual. I don't think that's uh, attendance is. So yeah, no, that, that no, that would be this would be the first one in front of a full crowd. Yeah, in a, in a big arena and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, now look, they need a they. In my opinion, they need a great pay per view. I, I this has not been a great pay per view company. Tony Khan can come on those scrums afterwards every time and tell us how this was the greatest pay-per-view of the year. And we had a really great, he, he can do all that promoter speak. He wants. I, I don't think that they've been a great pay-per-view company. They've had a couple great ones, but rich, the last few we've been very, you know, mixed reviews on you and I. So I think they really need one of those great pay-per-views where the buzz for the next two days is how great the fucking show was. When's the last time they could have said that? It hasn't been recently. It's been a long time. Yeah, it might. I mean, honestly, it, you know, all told, it might be the all out from 2019. It might be it's probably Revolution. It's probably Revolution for 2020. Uh, also in Chicago, a different arena. But that was the last one that I remember the buzz was. How good was that? How great was that tag match? And then from then on, pretty much the entire time through the pandemic era, it was more... Eh, you know, eh, you know, <laughs> there was some hits and misses, and 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 more kind of the the aftermath of the show was was you know what they didn't do or what didn't deliver, or what didn't quite work, and and yeah, it, it, they've they're due, they're they're at least a year year and a half overdue for just having a kick ass pay per view that everybody agrees at the end that was fucking awesome, that was a great pay per view, these are match of the year contenders, yada yada that sort of stuff. They're 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 a year and a half overdue for that for sure. There's been a lot of shows that have just dragged for like an hour and a half in the middle. You obviously had the debacle with the bad explosion at the end of the barbed wire match on that. Look, they they have not been, you know, for all of the praise they get for other things, and we generally enjoy the company, we have not been super high on their pay-per-views. I really think that they can use a killer top-to-bottom pay-per-view that just kicks everybody's ass and has everybody excited. And we haven't seen that in a while. And I think when they finally do have one, and they're due to have one, they're going to have one at some point with this level of roster and everything, and the Chicago crowd's going to help. I think that's going to help their momentum even further. I mean, their television momentum is great. I mean, they break some kind of ratings record, like, on a weekly basis at this point, okay? They're a hot TV product. They're number one on Wednesdays. They're number one on Fridays in the 10 p.m. Eastern slot. (laughs) Joe, they're settling at only a million. (laughs) I mean, the TV is red hot. There's no doubt about that. There's an upward trajectory there that's obvious. doubled the male demo. Did you see that this week on the the ratings breakdown? They, like, every other show, they doubled the top shows in terms of male 18 to 48. 
Yeah, they did like a point five six or something in males eighteen to forty nine, and the next closest was like a point three two. Yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> they're just obliterating people in that demo. They're 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 winning overall every week. I mean, you know, the ratings. I mean, unless you're a complete imbecile, there's nothing to complain about about the ratings. But and, and the pay per view is going to do a tremendous number. They're drawing in most, if not all, of these cities. There's a couple cities where they've struggled. I can't believe they're going back to Miami. I don't know why anybody runs Miami, but they're going back to Miami. I think it's just for ease with the crews like that, you know, to be in the same general area. Uh, but everywhere else, pretty much, you know, they struggled a little bit in, where was it? Houston didn't do so hot, but, you know, obviously they've done great in, uh, in Chicago. They're, they're, they've done great in New York. Uh, you know, so they're selling tickets. They're going to sell pay-per-views. The TV's on fire. They need a great pay-per-view. I mean, they need you know it, it it's it'd be nice I shouldn't say they need it but it'd be you know it'd be nice if they'd have a killer pay per view top to bottom this one's stacked up to be that so uh, you know you know we'll see what happens but uh, you'll be in the building now I keep getting confused is this Saturday or Sunday this is Sunday this is gonna be Sunday at the run in Sunday okay all right so Sunday um, ten dollar tier live instant reaction. As soon as Rich walks in the door, immediately after I pull in the driveway, I will, I will do, I will do this uh, instant yeah. reaction. So, stay patient, but we'll, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth the wait because you get our hot takes. Our the like you said, the only time we were ever going to review this show match by match, give our ratings, give our recap, do all that sort of stuff. The only time you're going to be able to hear, it. we will not do it on the flagship next week. That is the only time you can hear us actually break down all of uh, all out, including my. Uh, live thoughts uh, being in the building as well. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So patreon.com slash voice wrestling, $10 tier uh, for that. We also have a preview up at voices of wrestling.com as well if you want to check that out, uh, written preview uh, for all out. But yeah, it looks great. Looks like an awesome show, and I'm, I'm excited, and hopefully, uh, hopefully they deliver on it. So, um, do you want to? So, we can go a few different directions here. Do, do you, do you want to talk indie shows, the indie shows going on around the weekend? Or what? Do, do you want to do that, or do you want to jump? Do you want to make fun of Triple H? We can do one of the two. Uh oh. Oh, no. I was going to queue up my song, but okay, go ahead. Oh, no, Rich. I have a segment for you. I it's did a not, surprise game I show. did not know about this. I was not made aware of this. Go on. It's surprise game show time, Rich. You know, we can't, we can't monetize this on uh, YouTube anymore now. As you know, Rich, because They've been catching know that song lately. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I know you. I know you're a big fan. Progress continues to run on the WWE What's network on a weekly basis. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and I know you're keeping up with all of the progress shows. Yeah, all their cheeky little titles. Yeah, all their cheeky little show titles I'm too. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that because the name of this game is: Is it a real or is it a <laughs> oh <big> no <laughs> progress show title? Oh, these are the worst. Oh, God. These are so, so annoying. Go ahead. Here's how the game will work. I'm going to steal the Joe Gagne gimmick and give you an example of a question. So, Rich, if I say... Five-star five star match game, by the way, in the Voice Wrestling Podcast Five-star match game. So, Rich, if I say, Progress Chapter 105, Bring the Thunder, you will hopefully say, Real. And that would be a correct answer. Okay. So, I am going to give the name of a progress show... And you will have to tell me if it is a real progress show name or a fake progress show name. We're going to do seven shows, so you will either be a winner or a loser. There will be no pushes. Uh, so it'll, an odd number of shows here. Are you ready, Rich, to play real or fake progress show? 
All right, let's do it. Okay. Show number one. I had this all queued up. Here we go. Progress chapter 118. Fake tickets to a hog roast in Sumatra. I would oh, I would say that is not the name of a progress show. It seems a little too uh, a too outlandish. Hog roast. I don't know much about the uh, UK and the Brits, but they don't seem like hog roast people. Um, so I'm gonna say no. That is not the name of progress. Whatever hell number you gave me. So fake tickets to a hog roast in Sumatra. It sounds annoying enough to be a show title, but it, I, I don't I don't like the specifics that you that you mentioned there. So no, I, I'm gonna say no. Rich says fake. Ah, that is a real show title oh, for Shakara uh, Progress. And are hog roasts like a thing? Like, are they running the show on the Hawaiian Islands? Like, what's going on here? I don't know. I guess I don't know enough about the, yeah. the culture. That's an annoying. God, that's such an annoying name for a show. We move on to number two. Christ. All right. Rich, is this a fake or a real Progress show name? Progress Chapter 107. Go home. Lock your door. Do your homework. Watch Progress. Okay, so that's the right amount of annoying. I am going to say yes. That is indeed the name of Progress 109 or whatever the fucking number you said. Go home, lock your door, do your homework, watch progress. Yeah, it sounds annoying enough. It sounds annoying enough that I'm going to say yes. You say that's a real show name. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. There we go. Who main evented that show? Do you know who main evented? We are. Go home, lock your doors, whatever the fuck. We are one in one. The main event of that show, Rich, was uh, Kanji defeats Millie McKenzie. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, Lord, it progress. Great. It wasn't great. I'd imagine it's not great. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I, you know, I have to be honest. I don't know if that was the main I think the main event was. No, yeah, that was the main event. Yep, that was the main event. Yeah. Gross. That's really Kill bad. Uh, you're a big progress fan. I'm surprised. You oh, love. Yeah, I love the, love the progress. That, yeah, I love the progress. That that was. Okay. Uh, number three. Progress chapter 112. Tickety talk on the Big Ben clock. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, <laughs> this this seems like a setup here because this seems it's lame enough to definitely be a progress one, but this strikes me as you were trying to think of something that you knew about the, the United Kingdom or London, and you went with Big Ben because that's one of the only things you know. You know the Docklands, you know Big Ben. I'm gonna say that no, this is bait. This is a fake show title. Tickety-tock on the Big Ben clock. Yeah, seems too obvious. Yeah, seems too obvious. Seems like a Joe Lanza plant here. I'm going no. Ding, 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 ding. There it is. How many things do you know about London that's not Big Ben? Um, I know many things about uh the the electric ballroom, the Docklands. Well, we're gonna move on to the London Riots tag team. Here's number four. Okay. Progress, Chapter 119. Freedom is a road seldom traveled by the multitude. That's a tough one. Because it has absolutely no, like, 
there's just no reason for a show to be named that at all. <laughs> but that's kind of the progress thing. But it's a little too clever. No offense, but it's a little too clever for you to come up with, I think. And I mean that in the best way possible. Because you're a smarter man than you, you wouldn't come up with some bullshit like this. Uh, I'm going to say no, this is not a real show. Or no, no, I'm going to say yes, this is a real show name. Sorry, yes, this is a real show name. Freedom is a road seldom traveled by the multitude. Right, this is some is bullshit a- like a way message thing. You don't, you don't write stuff like that. So I, I, I'm going to say no, this is, this is a real, real, a real, real show, yes. show name is what yeah. you're going with. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 yeah, ding, 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 there we go. Okay, you're up three to one. You're doing a good job. You only need to get one more right to lock it up, but we will do the rest of the quiz if uh, if you get this one correct. Are you ready, Rich, for number five? Let's do it. Yep. Number five. Progress chapter 111. One leg in the air. <laughs> what the fuck? Kind of how he, that's how a male dog takes a ah okay one leg in the air. I guess yeah. I was I was thinking the sexual connotation to that, um, and whether or not progress should be involved in any show name that uh, could constitute anything sexual. But uh, anyway, I am gonna say that is not the name of a progress show. One leg in the air, Rich. You say that is. I'm not saying no. Show I'm name. saying no. That is an actual progress show. It seems like self-parody at that point, right? If you're talking about... (laughs) Was the logo a dog pissing on something? Um, Was it their wrestling scene? Like, what is the dog pissing on? What the I can't confirm what the logo was. I know the main event, once again, was Kanji as she took on Giselle Shaw. Oh, my God. (laughs) Is that really... Is that what progress is right now? Sir, it was best of three falls. Oh. So. Dear God. Well, you've got two left, and you have to get one right to win. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So the pressure is on. Yeah, let, let's focus here. Let's focus here. Progress chapter 113. Bonk. We're going to horny jail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, under the... <laughs> I would really hope and pray that that was not a show name. So in the in the, in the form... Uh, in, in the... Strive for decency. I'm going to say no. Bonk, we're in the horny jail, whatever the hell you said, uh, is not the name of this progress show. God, God, I hope not. But I'm going to go with no. Bonk, it's, we're in the horny jail is not the name of a progress show. Let me correct. It's bonk, we're going to horny jail. Oh, bonk, we're going to horny jail. Okay. Now they are. Now listen, progress do like to incorporate the popular memes. And that is a popular meme. They do. So they do. Yeah. You're still I, um, going with no. I would go with no. And in, in I would I would hope that the answer is no. That that's I, I don't know that I'm confident the answer is no, but I hope that the answer is no, is what I should say. So I but I am gonna officially go with no though. For bonk, we're going to horny jail. Rich says no. This is for the win. Ding 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 oh, ding 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 ding. Thank God. Do you want the last one? Uh yeah sure go ahead go ahead because there there is one that is somehow like related to sex that I know that I don't know if this is the one you picked but there was an unfortunately named progress show not that long ago but anyway yeah go ahead we'll have to find out uh this one is for fun and just for the final score okay we're just playing out right, this is just trying to put yeah just you know just trying to pad the stats a little bit progress chapter one hundred three 
I told you I was trouble. Live in London. <laughs> okay, so that is definitely the name of a porn that you watched <laughs> that featured a British woman. I'm going to go with no, that is not the name of Progress 103, I think you said. 103, that's correct. Yeah, no, that is not the name, and that is definitely just a porn that you watched with a, 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 a British woman in it. Ding, 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 ding. Um, it was not a porn. It's actually an Amy Winehouse record. So. Oh, there you go. Okay. So Rich Hat got five correct, two wrong. It's a very good Amy Winehouse record, by the way. It's uh, live in London, Rich. It's recorded live. You should uh, check that one out. But you win. You got five out of seven correct. And uh, as the people know, Rich is a huge Progress fan. I expected him to do well at this game. He watches all of the shows, including Progress Chapter 106, Stick a Pony in Me Pockets, which is Rich's uh, favorite Progress show of the reboot. Of course, yeah. And, oh, the, uh, the one I was thinking of was Bang Tidy is the uh, one I think I was – I don't know. There was another one that was another weird. I'm, I'm looking at their list now. Um. There was a, there was definitely a one that I was like, is that really what you want to name your? Uh... Well, I think it was the go home, lock your door, do your homework, watch. Progress. Yeah, that that's not a great one either. Yeah, that's very not a great unfortunately one named, I think. But um, I listen, you did a good job with the game. I, you know, you thought it, I, I like how you give, you think out the answers. You understand we're trying to do an entertaining radio show here, so you do a nice job with that as you uh, as you as you talk the listener through your answers. And uh, is this your first win? I don't think you've ever won a surprise game. No, no, I've won a few. I've won a few of them. I you think. did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've lost. I think I've lost more than I've won, but I've I've gotten lucky a few times. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rich is a big winner. I don't you, do you... well on the who, who, what brand he played for. That I do not do well because you give me, you know, Bo Dallas, uh, you know, last year, and that, that yeah, no. So that that I I, I I never win at that one, but I, I usually win at some of the other ones. So. Uh, well, you won, and your prize is uh, absolutely nothing. But my prize is, uh, I was looking up, and their progress apparently has a best of kanji uh, upload somewhere, <laughs> maybe in the WWE Network. So that will be my prize. Is I will, uh, I'll, I'll go through and watch that entire, uh, entire thing. I'm not going to watch that at all. So yeah, progress sounds horrendous right now. Are you actually watching these shows? No. Okay, yeah, I was going to say these. The these last one I watched was Stick a Pony in Me Pocket. Um, I think I started. Go home, lock your doors, do your homework. Why? And I said, "What am I doing with my life? Why am I?" By the way, there's still empty arena. On top of that, mm. um, they're really rough watches. They're uh, they're pretty terrible. If you go on cage match, like they don't, the shows don't even have ratings because not enough people are. Watching. <laughs> right, 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 right. So few people are actually watching them. Yeah, yeah. And and by the way, they're now weekly. What? Weekly. Who wanted that? <laughs> Who said they needed that? Uh, nobody. Nobody wanted or needed that. Um, the last show was main evented by uh, Alexis Falcon versus Giselle Shaw. No, there was a uh, that no, there was a Thunder Bastard match on the last show, which was won by Chris Ridgeway. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're pretty. Uh, they're pretty awful. But you know, if you want to see Big Guns Joe and Gene Money. And uh, Sandy Beach, not the one from UWF in the 90s. I was going to say, are, are they biting a name? Did they, are they taking a, a, a very clever name from 30 years ago and repurposing it? Uh, nah. How I dare don't... they? It's, yeah. it's, it's not the same Sandy Beach, right? Oh, come on, that man's got to be very... <laughs> yeah, he's got to be, like, at least he's alive. 
Let me see if if is the man who played Sandy Beach still alive. So, or he was Sunny. Was he Sunny Beach? I think he was also Sandy Beach though at a time. He alternated. Right? Yeah, you know, he'd do okay. jobs at Sandy Beach. You know, he had to protect his other gimmick. Richard course. Allen, the real Dick, the real Dick Allen here. Um, yeah. He is fifty-seven years old, but that's all I know about uh, about Sandy Beach. So. Uh, definitely not the man working the progress. Working the progress shows, yeah. Okay. You know, I really should have saved Bonk. We're going to horny jail for last because um, I was never going to trip you up on that one. But uh, bad job out of me, the host. But uh, we haven't had a surprise game show in the. No, world. thank you. That that was that was fantastic. I enjoyed that. So now now I ask you. Now you 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 sprung that on me. Which I will let you choose the next topic then, sir. We have the future of Triple H and WWE. We got Wrestle Grand Slam. We got the All Out Indie Weekend. We can do. We can go a lot of different ways. So we're, let's we're, run through this Indie Weekend. That you want to do that? Okay. Yeah. Well, you can. Uh, do you want to ask me a question? Oh, listen, Rich. I have a better idea. Yeah. Do you want to go bouncing around the Indie Weekend? Let's do it. All right. One show is already happening as we're recording this. If you guys want to know how devoted I am to this $10 tier at patreon.com slash voices wrestling for the live flagships, how devoted I am to this shit right now, AAW, I think the match is hitting the ring as we are speaking. Daniel Garcia versus Davey Richards, the match that we have begged and pleaded and yelled that nobody was booking, nobody is booking, nobody is booking. Then my home promotion, the one that I go to ev- almost every show that they run, they book it, and I'm here talking to you dopes on this stupid-ass show. Jeez. It's nice to talk to you too, Rich. Yeah. I didn't get to howl. You've gotten, you've been able to see Davey Richards in the return. I haven't yet. Four and a quarter star match I saw him in. I was going to be up in the balcony, the VIP seats. Rich, we had talking a shop with Davy Richards as we, we discussed. We had a conversation yesterday, and I told you go. You to did the tell show. me to go to the show. No, the logistics. I'm blaming you, and I'm blaming the listeners. The logistics were actually pretty terrible. It's a Thursday. It's a really tough time uh, to yeah. go. But uh, yeah, it sucks. But that that match is happening right now. That show is happening right now uh, as well. Uh, you'll be able to watch the replay on Fight. Uh, Juice Robinson versus Manders. Arez versus Laredo Kid. Um, I. I don't want to say, but I bet someone's going off a balcony in that match. I would know that before I even knew, I know that someone's going off a balcony in the Rez versus Laredo Kid. Uh, Daniel Garcia versus Davey Richards. AAW Heritage Championship, Myron Reed versus Ace Austin. Allison K defending the women's title against Jody Threat. Uh, and then your main event, AEW Championship. Fred Yehai versus Josh Alexander. And I don't know, did you see Josh Alexander's post this week on Twitter? I did not. What did he say? So he said, after 15 years... I'm finally a professional wrestler. It was a tweet about him hanging up the boots. Literally. I don't know what he did. I don't know if he was, he worked like some construction job or something like that, but it was him hanging up those boots and he's going full-time pro wrestling. Oh, how about that's that? how good that guy was before he went full-time for wrestling. Yeah. Sky is the fucking limit for this guy. So I cannot wait to see what the future holds uh, for Josh Alexander. So you go Josh Alexander uh, versus Fred Yeha, AEW championship. That sounds like a hell of a show. Garcia Richards, Arez Laredo Kid, Yehi Alexander, all sound awesome. So uh, that I will definitely be checking out on replay. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot be there, but that's all right. Plenty well, of other wrestling this weekend. So You can be a Game Changer Wrestling and BLP's three cups stuffed. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I, 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 I certainly could, yes. Um, will I? I, I, I won't, but... 
Uh, I suppose, you know, I could ask the nurse if she wants to spend her Friday night at the Grand Sports Arena in Hoffman Estates watching uh, G. Raver versus Jimmy Lloyd, but I'd imagine uh, the answer will be no, and I hope the answer is no, but... uh, how about the six-way scramble where the gimmick is 60-year-old Mike Jackson against five teenagers? I don't hate it, actually. Is that okay? That's the gimmick. Like, I get the gimmick. Like, most of these times these gimmicks are lame, but that gimmick is kind of cool. Billy Starks, Nick Wayne, Marcus Mathers, Starboy Charlie, and I don't know how George Oliver's <laughs> George Oliver's like 25 years old, isn't he? Like, how can he still be a teen? Is that legit? Can we look that no, up? No, there's no way. Grandma? There's no way. I will look it up right now. There's no way. Is it possible Jordan... he's, he's still no. 19? No way. He's got to be in his, like. He might be, like, 20, 21. Yeah, I was going to say somewhere in that range, but. Hey, maybe he's still 19. Apparently there's a uh, there's an amateur wrestler named Jordan Oliver, which makes Jordan Oliver wrestling a, bad, a tough uh Terrible. A tough Google search well, we, there. We, we know that's not the same guy. Based uh, he's their, twenty. Uh, he's twenty-two years old. So they're really oh, stretching oh, team here. <laughs> so that makes me question the validity of the others aside from Billy Starks, who we know as a teenager. Yeah. Oh, and Starboy Charlie. Obviously. Star. Yeah, we we know Starboy Charlie's legit. I, I don't know enough about Marcus Mathers and Nick Wayne to to, to confirm uh, that. But I, I, as far as scrambles go, I kind of like that one uh, of all the ones. But uh, you know, overall, this show doesn't look that bad. There's some stuff I like. Like I don't. I'm not confident that it would be a good show, but I'm confident that it would be a f- maybe a fun show. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's some good stuff on there. There's BPL, uh, BLP Midwest title match, uh, Alex Shelley versus Tom Lawler. Uh, that has a chance to be pretty damn good. Uh, the Lucha match sounds awesome. Juventud Guerrera back in America here again, and super crazy. He's going to be going against, uh, they're going to be going against a resin gringo loco, Dragon Bane, El Hio de Canis Lupus, and ASF and Laredo Kid. That sounds awesome. Yeah, Hoovy getting some bookings off of that dynamite. He is. Did you see, he uh, he tweeted out. I, I think the dynamite appearance was the beginning of my return. It's like I mean, I mean, he's getting booked, but he's getting bookings. So I guess it's not too, like I think he's waiting for that the, the call from you know, you know, TK on the line. But I don't know if that's gonna happen. But hey, he's getting bookings out of it. So good for him. So. Powers of pain are on this show. Powers of pain. Uh, yeah, that almost bought me when I heard that they were gonna be there. I was like, man, how many other opportunities do I have? Maybe leave the maybe leave the memories alone. Though. Maybe, yeah, maybe leave the memories alone. But uh, yeah, it's true. It's uh, Nick Gage and the second gear crew: AJ Gray, Mance Warner, Matthew Justice versus the Powers of Pain, the Barbarian Warlord against Warhausen, Danhausen, and Warhouse. Oh, so eight man tag. So yeah. same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Warhausen's teaming with the Powers of Pain. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. That's 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 the gimmick there. I so. mentioned the uh, the death match: G Raver versus Jimmy Lloyd. The last time uh, G Raver uh, did a. Uh, uh, a cup stuffed show. He nearly died, so that's good. That's fun. So, um, he had like a massive blood loss, and they had to call the ambulance oh, in that immediately. Was cups, that was cup stuffed where that happened. Yep, I think so. Yeah, pretty sure. So that's good stuff. Good to see him back in action. Yeah, exactly. Chris Dickinson uh, versus Kevin Koo. Two Cold Scorpio versus Stellan Rogers. This would be an opportunity to Two Cold Scorpio, who I've not seen since a uh, a shotgun Saturday night taping many many moons ago at the uh, Rosemont Horizon when he came out as Flash Funk. He danced with Sunny during that one because that was during that period where they didn't know what to do with Sunny, but she was hot, so they just had to use her. Like she would do ring announcing, or she would just come yeah, out and like yeah. dance with people. So um, yeah. there was that, and then your main event, BLP heavyweight title match, Jake Something versus Effie. Yeah. So I uh, do not think I will be going to three cup stuffed, unfortunately. But uh, I will say I have a better chance of going to this show than I do Freelance Underground's No Place Like Home show because this show looks pretty brutal. Well, uh, GPA, uh, free freelance is back. GPA defends against Dan Housen. Yeah. 
So that, he's the champ these days, I believe. So uh, a lot of the same names as the other shows this weekend on that freelance show. Um, of course, everybody's booking Gage. Gage and Kylie Ravers, Robert Anthony and Frank the Clown. <laughs> Why? Um, I don't know. Didn't didn't uh, didn't freelance? Where's the Daniel Garcia match? So that okay, yeah, it was supposed to be Daniel Garcia versus Laney Luck. Why? Uh, but um, why would you do that? <laughs> I agree with Daniel Garcia. Why would you book Daniel Garcia? What, and- he's he's the hottest wrestler in the world right now. Booked by everybody. Everybody wants a piece of him. He just appeared on Dynamite. He's just appeared everywhere. He's facing Davey Richards the night prior. And you're going to book him against Laney Luck. I see the match right now. No disrespect to whoever Craig Mitchell is, but I'm doing Shane Mercer versus Daniel Garcia. That's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, he is not going to be wrestling on that because he then got called up to uh, Rampage. So he is off the show. And a few other people were off the we're going to be on the show that are now off it as well. But, so uh, Daniel Garcia trades Laney Luck for Darby Allen. Yes, <laughs> with CM Punk doing commentary in front of millions of people. Yeah, in front of a full arena and seven hundred to nine hundred thousand people on TNT. So yeah, yeah, I would say there he upgraded are... there. One, two, three. There's like three intergender matches on this thing. That show stinks. That I'm show is atrocious. Uh, that show does not look good at all. Uh, Game changer, Art of War. This is the where they're having that War Games match with uh, the Ohio boys against Team MDK, which is AJ Gray, Alex Colon, Effie, Mance Warner, Matthew Justice, and Nick Gage. That's probably going to be fucking sick, the War Games match. That, yeah, that's you know, that actually sounds pretty awesome. That 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 is a match that I'm definitely that, that, reading that match and and, and you know kind of getting ready for the the preview of the preview up at VoicesOfWrestling.com as well. That was one that I was like, man, I, I might I might be tempted depending on what happens on Saturday. I might be tempted to go check that out, that one out, possibly. Matt so. Cardona versus mystery opponent. Cardona, obviously, is uh, anything he does right now in Game Changer is going to be red hot. Super Crazy versus Hoovy. Hoovy keeps getting those bookings. They, of course, have a wacky scramble with all the usual suspects. Two scramble. Oh, no, that is the scramble, right? It's a two-ring ladder gotcha. scramble fuck fest. Yeah, with the, all the usual suspects. Yeah. Your Ninja Max and your... Your, uh, your Jordan Olivers and, and people like that, Dante Leone. So that'll be nuts, too. That show, oh, and Tony Deppin versus Alley Catch. But, but uh, you know, that show, uh, that doesn't look that bad. I might have to I might have to check that out. Um, now nah, let's not go down that road. Uh, next up is Black Label Pro. See how I have self-control now? If this were 2000. This is good. Yeah, bravo, bravo. I may have gone down a certain road here, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Uh, Black Label Pro, once again, they're doing the joint show with Game Changer. They're also doing their own show on the 4th. What's the 4th? Saturday? Saturday, right? That'd be Saturday, yeah. Uh, Killer Kelly versus Kylie Ray. Laredo Kid versus Lee Moriarty. Super Crazy versus Drago versus Trey Lamar versus Nick Wayne. AJ Gray versus Kevin Blackwood. This is a good show. Tom Lawler versus Daniel Garcia. Now that's how you book Daniel Garcia against yes. Tom fucking Lawler. There we go. Anthony Green versus, uh, uh, was that Gnarls Garvin, the big beef? Yep. That, mm-hmm, that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jody Threat versus Billy Starks. Is that a, a just a straight up? Uh, I, it's a straight up regular match. I was surprised as well. Uh, Rohit Raju versus Kevin Koo, and then their title match. Jake Something, who I forgot was their champion after all this time, um, against Stallion Rogers. That's a good show. That's a good ass show. That is a we, good one. We beat up Black Label Pro a lot, okay? But we're fair. That's a great show. I might have to check that out. This is a good-looking lineup. Yeah, all singles matches except for the one four-way, and that, that's fine. Like, I'm fine with that four-way because yeah. you have Super Crazy in there, and you probably don't want, uh, you know, any uh, – super. we always say, like, 
one guy versus one guy. Like, any, any multi-man match usually is better with just the one guy versus the one guy. In this case, it's like, no, Super Crazy versus all these guys is fine. Like, I don't want to... I don't really necessarily need to get Super Crazy versus Drago or Super Crazy versus Trey Lamar or Super Crazy versus Nick Wayne. I'm cool with a four-way in that one. So that one's okay, but everything else is singles matches. And all those other ones are good. Killer Kelly versus Kylie Ray. that actually sounds pretty damn good. And I'm not a huge Kylie Ray fan. I am a few, huge Killer Kelly fan, and that sounds great. Loretto Kid Lee Moriarty sounds good. Tom Lawler, Daniel Garcia, that's how you book those two guys. Uh, AJ Gray versus Kevin Blackwood, I kind of enjoy as well. And then, yeah, even Rohit Raju, Kevin Koo, Jake Something, Stellion Rogers. I mean, that sounds like a hell of a show. Yeah, that's a good-looking lineup. You know, give him credit for that. Um, and then the gay brunch on the 5th, that is on Sunday. That's got to be during the day, right? They don't that is, yeah, that's an, that's an early one. That'll be at like 10 a.m. or something like that because uh, they obviously got to get ready. Uh, get everybody to all out. So yeah, that'll hey, be listen, early I don't in the day. Follow, I don't follow the gay brunch. Do they do? Is that like? Do they do show to show booking, or is it just uh, whatever they feel like doing on that particular? You're asking brunch? the wrong guy, unfortunately. I, I can't tell you. So, so I have no idea. But uh, all the usual suspects that uh, you usually see on the Effie shows are working that one as well. I don't even know what the main event is because I don't follow this promotion or whatnot. There, there's a million matches here that could be the main event. Uh, is Effie versus Jake Atlas the main event? Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure either. Yeah, when, when I when I looked at the card, it was hard to, for me to determine. Okay, this is definitely the main event. I mean, I guess Effie versus Jake Atlas definitely makes sense. Uh, Mance Warner, Matthew Justice versus Billy Dixon, MV Young. That could be the main event. That could be the main event. There, there's a, quite a few ones here that that, that could be. Uh, I would guess that Effie versus Jake Atlas probably is, but uh, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. So looking at the lineup, that's the match I'd be most interested in. I want to see Jake Atlas. Back well, on. yeah, especially with Jake Atlas back back on the Indies, back working a show. So that that sounds yeah to me that that ha- if I was booking that would have to be a main event because that's one that's going to get people talking. Yeah, sure, Effie so. can Effie can go when he wants to. Um, Effie's a decent wrestler. I mean, you know, a little gimmicky at times, but um, you know, so that'd be the match on that show. If I were going to be checking that out. So that's the, uh, I believe that covers everything. That's the Chicago. That is it. That is the uh, All Out Weekend. We got All Out Weekends now. They're, they're traveling. Indie Weekend. Yeah, they're traveling with All Out now. Yeah, screw just WrestleMania and SummerSlam and Royal Rumble. We got All Out Weekend. That's pretty damn, pretty damn cool. So. Yeah. My bad. Phone's uh... <laughs> okay. There's a lot of music. I was like, there's another game? Actually, there is. What? Oh, dear God. That's breaking news, Rich. <laughs> what do you got? That news music can only mean one thing. It's a new segment called Imprompt News, where I give Rich a hot topic in the world of wrestling not on the run sheet, and he has to give an impromptu opinion on that <laughs> oh, piece of God. news. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, go ahead. News item number one. Oh, there's multiple. Oh, great. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Let me get a sip of water here. All right, go ahead. There is a new Mystico, but it's actually the old Mystico. <laughs> but really, it's the second Mystico. Oh, dear God. Rich, what do you make of Mystico Madness and the not original, but the one who everyone thinks is the original Mystico now being the new Mystico? What do you make of all this? I am so utterly confused by this. Yeah, I, I've tried to like it makes sense. Here, it's one of those things. It's like there was one. Of, there was a time during high school where I really wanted to learn the rules of cricket. So there was 
Uh, a bunch of kids I hung out with, and they played cricket a lot. Hold a on of, a second. Yeah, this go is ahead. going places I did not expect it to go. We're talking about cricket. Go yes. Ahead. So what would happen is is I would talk to these guys, and, and I was at a school that had a lot of Indians that, 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 that lived there, and they, they they would all, like, on the weekends go play cricket. And I was like, fuck, I kind of want to play cricket. That sounds good. So I one time I said, hey, guys, can you explain cricket to me? And they got together and said, okay, it's pretty simple. And they explained it to me, and I was like, Sounds awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, I get it. I, it makes total sense to me. They're like, yeah, see, it's not that hard. It made total sense to me. Joe, I show up on Sunday. They invite me. I've forgotten all the rules. And I said, hey, can you guys explain it to me? And they said, no, because we're going to play. We don't want to explain the rules to you. We're not going to do it. We'll explain it to you another day. They explained it to me another day. I got it that day. Two days later, I completely forget it again, the rules. And this is where the mystical thing is for me as well. I just, I, people explain it to me and I get it and I go, okay, cool. That makes sense. It's this mystical I get the lineage. I get how this Mystico became that Mystico, and that Mystico is this Mystico, and, and this one missed the C's, but he was Mr. C's junior, and then I get it, and then the next day I don't get it anymore. You just explain it there. I don't get it anymore. I don't know who this man is, who is playing Mystico, who – I have no clue. I am so utterly confused by the Mystico thing. Okay. It is the most famous of the Mysticos who was the res- Observer Wrestler of the Year. It's that, okay, so that Mystico is back to it. The one that was Caristico is once again Mystico. Correct. Okay. The Sin Cara, the first Sin Cara, not the, not the okay. second Sin Cara. The, the, the second Mystico, first Sin Cara is now the current Mystico. Oh, he was, was the, the second most... Mystico? Yes, because the first Mystico was the second Sin Cara, who was also... <laughs> right, oh, right. See, this is what I mean. I get it, and then I don't get it. Okay, I got Let's it again see. now. Today, I have it. This, okay, I'm going to lay and it And he was Mr. C's as well, right? Mr. C's, yeah. Now, listen. Pull up his cage match. It'll make it all easy for you. I have all the names there. The first Mystico, who was not a famous Mystico, was the man who you know as Hunico and Incognito, who was the second Sin Cara. Got it. Got okay. it? Got it. I'm there. Yes. This guy, who is the current Mystico, was the most famous Mystico, the one that won the Observer Wrestler of the Year, who was the second Mystico, who later was Caristico because there was another Mystico who CMLL gave the Mystico gimmick to that wasn't the first original Mystico. Got it? Got it. Right. So you're all straight now. I think. Okay. All you need to know yeah. is the man who Famous was Mystico, Mystico, first Sinkara Mysticis is this man. Correct. And he is, again, Mystico. Yes. Okay. Do you think he can recapture... The charisma that made him a wrestling observer, wrestler of the year. No, <laughs> no, I do not. But uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I think I think we're done with that. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I think those days are, are unfortunately long gone. But yeah, maybe. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll 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 strike again. This so this is also the same Mystico that would would milk the reactions at Fantastic Manias for forty five minutes, right? That's this Mystico. No, that was the. Uh, no way. Uh, no, that was this Mystico. No, that was a New Mexico, New Mystico. Who's now? This is what I mean. Okay. Are you kidding? Now you've confused me. We're going to move on to news item number two. <laughs> yes, this is what I'm talking about. Impromptu news. Item two. Suwama has won the All Japan Railroad, defeating Shotaro Ashino in the final. Who is now also his tag team partner once again? <laughs> Fucking Christ! How do you feel about Suwama winning the Royal Road and presumably setting himself up to be the next challenger for 
Jake Lee. Oh, it's just grand. Just grand in All Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, especially beating Satoru Shino and then humbling him so much that Ashino then walks hat in hand uh, to become his tag team partner. I absolutely, absolutely love it. All Japan firing on all cylinders here. Got to go back to Suwama when you can. There's just no other choice in that entire company to go with than broken down 48-year-old uh, Suwama. So, yeah, all in on that. Cannot wait for the uh, another Suwama Triple Crown title run. Cannot wait. So Ashino beats Jake Lee in the semifinal. He's all primed. He's in the final of the tournament. He's in this program of Jake Lee already. And then he loses to Suwama in the final. Suwama, who, by the way, beat Kento Miyahara in the other <laughs> semifinal. So Suwama runs oh. through Kento Miyahara. He snuffs out Shotero Oshino, who looked like he was finally going to get pushed again. And he is once again the, uh, well. What is going uh, on listen. in Japan? What happened? <laughs> what happened? Everybody lost their minds. I mean, would it stun you if he beat Jake Lee? If he gets that up. No, of course it would. <laughs> no. How much? <laughs> no, why would it stun me? They don't make any sense anymore. How much of the Royal Road did you watch, Rich? I watched zero of the Royal Road. I, can, I cannot. I, I, it's, unfortunately, I can say that I watched zero of it. It, it did not get I, rave reviews from our reviewers. So I watched a lot of it. I did not watch the final night yet. I will watch that sometime this weekend. Uh, I will say, to be fair, that Suwama was very good in the tournament. How about that? I'm sure, yeah. I just think maybe it's time for somebody new. I don't know. Maybe just try something else. Speaking of somebody new, we have more breaking news. Impromptu news. Rich Krejci. It looks like Kenny Omega versus Vikingo might be happening in AAA for the Super Mega Heavyweight title. We saw Kenny Omega hint at this many months ago. And uh, there's been some movement in that direction. Now it's AAA. You never know. But Rich Krejci, I think this might be a rhetorical question. Would you like to see Kenny Omega defend against Vikingo? Joe Lanza, I would love to see Kenny Omega face Vikingo in AAA. That sounds incredible. Count me in. I'm going to be there. I hope it's streaming live. It's AAA, so it'll be a disaster. But Cubs fan will probably have it live. I'm in for live. If you can't watch it live, I'm watching it the first opportunity you can. That is there's, you know, the the dream match, the quote-unquote dream match gets thrown around a lot, but that to me is like a Rich Crate dream match. I cannot wait. That's an everybody. I mean, that should be an everybody dream match. You're, Jesus Christ, it's Kenny Omega versus Vikingo. Sounds incredible. So, yeah, I'm in. That sounds awesome. Uh, just let me know when I can watch it, and I'm there. I'm watching it for sure. I'll tell you who you won't be watching anymore. Roosh has had knee surgery, <laughs> and he is out for the rest of the year meaning he is out for the remainder of his Ring of Honor contract. Oh, wow. Huh. Rich, I will pose the question. <laughs> it worked out pretty nicely, didn't it? Huh? Oh, wow. Will Roosh ever wrestle for Ring of Honor again? <laughs> no, <laughs> of course not. Oh, this is an all-time great. Oh, man, this is in the pantheon of, like, fake injuries. And I don't, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know exactly... But this is, this is, from everything I can read, this is right on the level of Shawn Michaels losing his smile in, in, in 1997 and, and having to walk with his beard and his bags under his eyes and hand Vince McMahon that title and say, oh, somewhere along the line, I lost my smile. Vince giving him a big hug and him saying, I've been told by doctors I can no longer wrestle again. And then four weeks later, returning, doing a <laughs> moonsault off the top of the, the, the top rope and landing on his knee. And he's ready to go. And right after WrestleMania, man, he was all set and ready to go again. 
Um, yeah, this, this, I don't know. Uh, judging by the reaction from people like Cubs fan and and Rob Viper on on, on Twitter, the people that I do trust uh, with their uh, lucha news, this uh, this smells a little fishy. So no, I do not think Roosh will ever wrestle uh, in Ring of Honor ever again. This has been impromptu news where Rich gets blindsided with topics not on the run sheet and is forced to give impromptu opinions. That was fun. I like that one. You can do that one again. There you go. That's a regular. That could be a nice little regular one. Yeah. I Ca- said this be a big time flagship. You did. It, it, it ca- yeah, it catches you off guard. You got to. Yeah, we're definitely not gonna be able to monetize this one whatsoever on YouTube. We might get a copyright strike with all the stuff we've been playing in the background, but that's all right. No, yeah, that, that's a, that's a, it's a fun little topic because it makes it makes me now I'm gonna always be aware that I need to. Re- I mean, I always do stay on top of every topic, but now I got to make sure I'm ready because what if impromptu uh, impromptu news comes up again? You know what I mean? Got to be ready to go. Yeah. We got to keep the captain on his toes around. There. I know, geez. What if I had no idea that Suama beat you know Ashino? And, and I'd have no idea. I'd be, I'd be, you know, completely uh, out to lunch here. But yeah, the Roosh thing, you know, that was the last question. Is is incredible. Um, he was uh, Cubs fan was out. He was in, on some press conference today, and he was he had crutches, but he was putting all the weight on his supposedly you know destroyed leg. And I'm just like, oh man, this is just the best. I love wrestling. Wrestling is just so good. So. So where's uh where do you think Roosh is gonna pop? up? I don't know. I don't know. I I think he probably wants to pop up in AEW, or he probably wants to pop up somewhere. But I have no clue. I'm not sure. If you're AEW, do you touch Roosh with a ten foot? No, no, I do not. I think he could be a disruptive force. <laughs> is that an understatement? Now listen, for the most part, he behaved in Ring of Honor, right? I mean, but the thing is, they pushed him and they pushed him hard, and they hired his father. So it's like he didn't really have any reason to act yeah, up. They really rolled out the red carpet and said, you're our guy. We're going to put everything behind you. But yeah, the second, you know, any other thing possibly popped up or he got wind of maybe something else in the future, he's now he's bouncing and he's not coming back. So, yeah. Did you see he posted his uh, match on his private on his own YouTube page, which I'm sure he's not allowed to do the Ring of Honor match? Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't care. He's Roosh. It's Roosh. What are you going to do? Fire me. Yeah. I'm already fired. You yeah. know what I mean? What are you like, yeah. Do? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. He's working a knee surgery. So what are you, you going to do? <laughs> Allegedly. Do you Allegedly. Do you think he had the knee surgery, but like you you don't even think he had the knee surgery. You think that that's in I See, here's this thing. And this is, and this was, this came up during the lost the smile. It's, it's all, it's still a debate to this day that if Shawn Michaels really, truly had an injury, if he was just trying to avoid, because there's a lot of people that will tell you, oh, no, no, no. You know, and here's the thing with wrestlers. I'm sure any wrestler anywhere in the world can walk into a doctor's office and say, is something wrong with me? And the doctor's going to go, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's something wrong with all these guys. Most of these guys probably could use knee surgery. Most of these guys probably could use some sort of back surgery. Most of these guys definitely can use some sort of neck surgery. There's something wrong with everybody that's in pro wrestling. They're probably all in constant pain. There's probably a – if you walked into an orthopedic surgeon, I'm sure he could find something on their bodies to work on. So – I don't know if this was him walking in and saying, hey, is there something wrong with me? Him just trying to figure out that there was a knee thing. Maybe he went to a doctor and they said, hey, you got a knee problem. Like, I don't know what it is. I just think it, it, it's probably closer to the, uh, the the Shawn Michaels thing than a legit injury is all I'll say. So if he leaves and they let him walk or he walks and presumably the rest of his family walks with him, right? Because you'd figure it'd be like a group deal. Yeah. 
that opens up a lot of salary space, doesn't it? It really like, does. I mean, honestly, if, if I'm Ring of Honor, Roosh was great, and there was a time period where you used Roosh and used him effectively and drew in different markets. But that was when Ring of Honor was – I mean, there was nothing out there. There was nobody to sign, and they needed to, and they smartly did say, okay, let's go to Mexico. MLW did it as well. When there was nobody else to sign, they said, let's go to Mexico. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say that this would open up salary, and I would say that's a good thing for Ring of Honor right now. I think Ring of Honor could use that, that, that extra bit of money and say, okay, there's some guys we can sign. There's some people out in this market that we can sign right now that we can get our hands on. So I would say, yeah, if, if you want to go, man, knock yourself out, man. You can go because there's enough. We can, we can replace that with viable, real deal stars, and we could not do that two or three years ago when we needed to go with Roosh. And it was, again, it was not a bad idea to go with Roosh the way they did. A great idea. We talked about it on the show that it was a great idea. People forget that Ring of Honor is a viable player in the free agent market willing to give out real money deals. So, um, you know, and again, this would open up a couple different salary slots there as well. And there are free agents out there and there are going to continue to be free agents out there. So I think it's interesting from that perspective if he is in fact done, which, uh, you know, seems like he probably is. So he, it seems, you know, the idea being he didn't have any interest in finishing out the string and probably just being asked to do more jobs right now that he's no longer the champion. So anyway, that's impromptu news. There it is. There it is. So that was fun. All right. Uh, anything else? <laughs> any other fun segments you got for me? Or are we done? Well, you never know. Yeah, man. Geez, I got to stay on my toes the rest of the show. So let's let's uh, let's, let's uh, you want to bury some Paul? You want to bury Uncle Paul a little bit? Yeah, let's bury Uncle Paul. All right, so Brian Alvarez on the Wrestling Observer Live and confirmed by Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer as well. WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon and Senior Vice President and Executive Director Bruce Brotherlove Pritchard are set to produce the WWE NXT brand moving forward. NXT will return to airing live weekly shows on the USA Network beginning with the September 14th episode, which will feature the wedding of Index. Uh, This will mark a reset for the brand with a new logo, a new theme song, and a new look for the weekly show, as well as a new creative direction. Uh, Dave Meltzer added that McMahon and Pritchard will be behind the big decision for the NXT brand. They will also be responsible for marketing, promotion, and direction of NXT. So uh, that is is huge news in a lot of ways. To me, the most interesting part about this, not necessarily that Vince and and Pritchard are going to run NXT, which means it's going to be utter shit, right? I mean, that, that is... Absolutely confirmed by the last few years of, of, of WWE programming that I and I don't know about you, but I I, I voted uh, worst Booker of the year. I voted Bruce Pritchard in the, in the Observer poll last year because like the second he got there, it just fucking got so bad. You know what I mean? The Heyman days were were boring, and there was some stuff that was whatever. But dude, when Bruce Pritchard got there, that it, it fell off a fucking cliff immediately. Yeah. Because it was yeah, probably I mean, Vince doing whatever he wanted and Bruce going, that's a great idea, Vince. <laughs> I love it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, in reality, Vince is always the booker. But yeah, no, it's fair to vote for the underlings if if the influence is obvious. Yeah, and there was the a demonstrative was- difference between the Bruce Pritchard 2020 yeah. shows and the Paul Heyman 2020 shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, look, here's the thing. If Triple H wasn't married to Stephanie, he would undoubtedly be fired, right? Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. I mean, I mean... What's left? I mean, that's... I mean, really, we're at this point now where what's left with this guy? Like, what is... So we had that thing about a year or two ago, and, and people have argued that it wasn't a demotion or whatever, but 
there was some weird changing of his title in the company, and it was like, all right, whatever, you know, who I think cares? It was pretty clear now it was a demotion. That's yeah, right. I, I was on the side of thinking it was a demotion. People said, no, no, it's not a demotion. Okay, all right, fine, whatever. But now it's like, what? What does this guy do then? <laughs> he's in charge of of NXT. Now he's not doing. I mean, I guess the little thing he he can work on the little parts of NXT, but like, it's not his show anymore. No. <laughs> got his show taken away from him yes so his toy got taken away by his dad here's the thing vince went down there remember when he visited the pc like a month ago or a month and a half ago or whatever it was and we all we kind of knew that that was an ominous sign and then the following friday they cut all of those people uh probably after you know vince's visit down there and he, he probably we talked about it probably decided look why are we collecting all these indie wrestlers we got to start looking for we got to start looking for stars again Right. So I cut all of these indie wrestlers, particularly the older ones. Now we find out that they're going to rebrand NXT. Okay. Uh, that's bad enough. But now on top of the rebrand, they're just straight up taking over the fucking show. And, you know, I like to joke about yellow raw, but it really is yellow raw now. I mean, it's, 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 well, it'll be rainbow raw, raw because we, we got the new logo, Joe. Yeah. Rainbow raw. You just coined it. Congratulations. And it's the two people who run uh, Raw who are running this now. So you're right. What does Triple H do? What what purpose does he serve? What happened here was uh, Vince never really paid all that close attention. And Triple H just did his thing. And uh, it was successful. They'd sell out their basketball arenas uh, four times a year when they would piggyback the WWE pay-per-views. And Vince probably liked that. And, um, you know, it was good for perception and they drew nice little houses and everything. And the show was critically acclaimed. And uh, but then once he told Triple H, we're putting you head to head with AEW and we expect you to beat them and put them out of business. And Triple H didn't get it done. That was the end of that. Uh, the little vanity side Triple H project is over because I think Vince is pissed that he lost. And that's what spurred him to go down there and really take a closer look. And that's when he decided we need to change the whole operation. And let's be honest. Most of the people that got called up to the main roster, Vince wasn't too fond of anyway. Okay. There's a few that he decided to push. Eventually your Charlottes and your Sasha Banks types and your Finn Balors, you know, got used reasonably well. And you could tell that, 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 uh, that Vince, uh, see something in them. Maybe Kevin Owens, you can make an argument for him, of course. But how many times did we see people get called up and either immediately get de-pushed, relegated to main event, gimmicks completely changed to where they lost all their charisma? I mean, we've seen it time and time again, you know? And uh, and now he's just tearing it all up completely and building NXT in his image. And yes, it's going to be horrendous. On one hand, though, I can see where Vince is coming from. From his, pers- from his perspective, they aren't making stars down there. But on the other hand, that's Vince's fault. Because I could see Triple H's side of this thing too. He's down there making stars and doing well with them in his little universe. He's selling out basketball arenas with the stories that he's creating and the stars that he's making and the way that he's presenting these people. And then he hands them off to Vince and Vince just doesn't like them. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no doubt that Triple H got a raw deal here. No doubt about he's it. Fucked. He's absolutely getting fucked. He's absolutely getting fucked. He also failed, and we'll, we'll talk about that, too. I mean, he no doubt it's failed. His fault. Now, listen, right. he got his ass kicked by AEW, and that's on him. 
but I still think he's getting a raw deal. But go ahead. Absolutely, no, 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 and and he's he's totally getting a raw deal because they're, they're you know NXT for whatever you think of NXT, yeah, they they were whether they were building stars in the and, and I guess that's the the question that you can you can bring up and that will be kind of the internal question or the eternal question that we'll have now now that that era of NXT is 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 dead and buried and gone and 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 done and the September 14th episode will truly be you know a brand new era in NXT but like yeah that that will be the big question is you know was Triple H not developing the stars that Vince wanted was Vince just never going to like those stars was Triple H not listening to what Vince wanted. Did Triple H kind of act on his own volition type stuff? That, that'll be the big question moving forward because you're absolutely right. If you look at NXT in that universe of itself, like, yeah, they they were creating, you know, quote-unquote stars. They were creating Kevin Owens, and they were creating Sami Zayn, and they were creating Charlotte and Sasha Banks and Bayley and Becky and all those. And there's numerous people that they, quote-unquote, created in, in that brand. And, you know, those ones are probably the best examples, but there's many, many, many others that were brought up and then just immediately just knocked down a peg and then basically just done. And was that more Vince McMahon not being happy with them? Was it self-sabotage? I don't know. I don't know if I know the answer to that. And I don't know if that's Triple H's fault for not communicating, hey, what do you want? Or was he given hands off and told, hey, do whatever you want. And when you think guys are ready, let us know and and and, and that type of stuff. Because I don't know. It's just It seemed like there was a cohesive set up for a while there until like you know maybe up through like 2015 or so there was a cohesive okay you know when this guy gets called up and i think triple h would even call those say on those conference calls like nobody gets called up unless vince and i come up with a plan of what that guy's future is going to be and and what that guy's going to do and and i think that stood to reason for a bunch of guys i think it stood to reason for kevin owens i think it stood to reason for uh, a sammy Zayn and, and to a lesser extent to charlotte and becky and and and, and sasha and bailey when they were doing the weird tag team thing that they did but like I think at least at at that point you still thought okay you know this is a cohesive thing this is something that they're both talking about but somewhere along the line after that it just felt like it was Triple H doing his thing WWE doing their thing and then occasionally they would come down and say hey who should we pick up they'd grab a guy and then Vince would immediately bury the guy not see it not really get the idea and then that guy would just be a nothing you know, shortly thereafter. And I, I, again, I don't know. I don't know if that was Triple H saying, being told, hey, do whatever you want. And when the guys are ready, let us know. Him not listening, Vince saying, I need this. I, I don't know. But it's a compl- it's a fucking failure. That's all it is at the end of the day. Just an abject, disastrous failure at the end of the day. Because it's done. You know what I mean? That area, he lost. Not only did he lose to AEW, but he lost control of this brand. They have took it away from him. And again, you can see both sides. You can see Vince McMahon thinking, well, what the fuck are we spending all this money for? You can't be at AEW. You didn't stop that company from growing. You know, yeah, sure. You stopped ROH from growing, you know, domestically. Yes, you stopped New Japan from wrestling from coming to America. You killed the Brit Rest scene. You created, you know, you, you killed PWG or, or to an extent. You killed the American Indies to an extent. You did this sort of stuff. Cool. But at the end of the day, I chose you to defeat AEW and you didn't do it. And now they're here and now they're getting new contracts and now they're not going away. So ultimately you failed and you also failed at producing stars for me. Yeah. AEW kicked our ass and you're not giving me stars. Right. One, if, if one of those things wasn't true, I think maybe th- this doesn't change. You know what I mean? If, I, think, I think once he got beat by AEW, it was over for Triple H. It's like, okay, what are you doing for me now? You're losing AEW and you're not giving me the stars that I want. You're failing. You're out of here. Because, and, and, you know, and again, he's getting a raw deal. I think in, in, in one respect in that Vince thought he can beat AEW with his third brand. Yeah. That was Vince's decision. You know, um, he could have created another, you know, main roster show or something like that. 
He put NXT had that with them because he thought he could beat them with the third brand. And I think he feels like Triple H let him down by losing that war. And not just losing it, getting beaten so badly that they that there's no point in even countering them anymore. No, they retreated. They retreated as quick as they could. Yeah. You know, it'd be one thing like if they were losing but still taking a chunk of the viewership. Nobody fucking cares about NXT. They're doing like point one fours in the demo. I mean, it's just a dead show. You know, they got they thoroughly got their asses handed to them. They got destroyed. And I think that's what spurred this. So he'll take it over with Bruce. It'll probably be more of a developmental show, which might not be the worst thing. But I think their strategy is old school. I think it's misguided. They might find a star or two. They might make a star or two. But they're playing right into Tony Khan's hands. You know, by being less competitive in the open market and just trying to find people off the street. I mean, you're making Tony Khan's job so much easier. Uh, You know, it just, um, you know, and it'll take years to develop these people off the street into what Vince wants them to be. And, uh, you know, the, the show undoubtedly is going to perform worse in the ratings and all those things, which isn't going to make USA happy. I mean, I don't expect that show to be on USA once whatever this contract is, is over. I mean, it's probably just going to go back to the network. Um, well, then again, I'd have to check and see what USA is doing on Tuesday nights. But th- but they're paying like $40 million a they're year. They're paying a lot of money for it. Yeah, and I, I, I could definitely see, especially the optics of this new NXT uh, could certainly seem like, okay, what are we really doing here? What are we really paying for? So um, if ratings drop even more and they're paying between – the estimates are between like 25 and $40 million. Right. So it's like and, – and then if the ratings drop another level uh, because there's no stars on the thing, I mean, why is USA going to want to pay for that if they could put on, I don't know, Law & Order reruns or something? Right, or, or WWE can produce another show in that spot too, and they've done that before. We, there's precedent for that with, with NXT, you know what I mean? Like, they've done that before with it with WWE CW saying, hey, this isn't going anywhere, you know, let's replace it with this, let's replace it with this, let's replace it with main event. Let's. I mean, they've done that before, so I, I, I don't think it's... It's not Teflon in that sense that they, they're a content factory, and if, you know, USA says, hey, this isn't quite working for us, it, there's definitely a possibility that they put something else on here, you, you know, whether it be a, a, a main event or whether it be a who knows. I, I don't know. There's no, you know, but but we don't. Yeah, we can't say for certain that, you know, maybe they keep this time slot and say, hey, we want something for you, but give us something more because this isn't working. This NXT thing isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. But. um, Yeah, I mean, Triple H, I mean, it just it just feels like if he wasn't part of the family, he'd be gone. He'd be gone. Well, so his, uh, his his title is Global Talent Strategy and Development. I mean, he's not, I mean, he's not that anymore, back, right? Like, you know what I mean? Pulled, well, the other thing is they've pulled back the reins on NXT Japan. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Which the pandemic, you know, put the kibosh on that. But now, you know, with the news that broke today, it looks like that's just more than being put on ice, just being forgotten about at this point. So there goes that. There's constant talk that NXT UK is going to be history as soon as the contracts are up. Um, and it really, that doesn't serve any purpose anymore because they successfully shut down the ITV startup, which was the only point that existed. The only reason that existed to begin with, yep. which we've talked about a million times. Um, they've brought Dragonov over. They've brought Imperium over. They've brought Pete Dunn over. So... 
you know, they, 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 they've brought all the people that they feel they have use for to Florida already. So the writing is on the wall with NXT UK. So, yeah, really, what is what does Triple H do? <laughs> like, what's he doing? If he's not running NXT anymore, what's he doing on a day-in, day-out basis? If he's just another guy in the room when Vince and Dunn and uh, when Vince and Pritchard are writing NXT, then, you know, and what does that mean for all his cronies like Triple H and Road Dogg and, and Gabe Sapolsky and, and, you know, all these guys that he had down there who were, who were, who were running that show with him. I mean, you know, and, and, and Vince is 77 years old. He's going to run a third show. That's the other thing. He's a maniac. I mean, he's he's an idiot. He's a maniac, but yeah, probably. And the other two shows are terrible. So it's like, he's going to stretch himself even more thin. That's how little he trusts this guy. He doesn't even trust him enough to say, here's the new direction I want this show to go. Here's what I want the show to be. I trust you to do it. He's, ah, God damn it, I'll do it myself. Yeah. He doesn't even trust him to, to like follow marching orders at this point. And just, you know, not have to deal with it himself. He'd rather do it himself at his age. It is a fascinating story. It's, yeah, it's something to keep keep an eye on for sure. I cannot, I'm actually, I cannot wait to watch that September 14th Raw, or uh, NXT, to see how Raw. <laughs> can, I present you a fan, there. can I present you a fantasy scenario, something wild and out there? Let's do it. I love it, yeah. What are the odds? That this dude just quits. Does he have enough money to do his own thing? I forget, and this is probably a better question for Brandon Thurston. I forget what his stock options stuff was, but I i mean, if Stephanie's down to do it with him, I know she does. I don't think she would be down. I, here's the thing. She's not doing that, no. If Shane could distance himself from the company and really just be talent, right? Couldn't a son-in-law distance himself from and just leave and, and say, I don't want to work here anymore? What? Like, if Shane could do that, why can't right. Triple H? Like, can't Triple H just say, you know, I'm burnt out. You know, it's, it's I'm going to do my own thing. And then would he have the balls to start up his own thing? And does he have the capital and the money <laughs> and the connections to do it? And could he play it off like, Ah, you know, we're not trying to compete. I'm just going to do my own little thing in my own little corner of the universe, and we're going to have a good relationship with my father-in-law and, and, and maybe continue to develop talent for them. But it's my own thing. It's on my own books. It's my profit and loss. Do you think he'd have the balls to attempt something like that? I don't. I really don't. And I, I just don't know if he has the actual capital for that as well. That's, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. I, I, I'm having a tough time. Uh, exactly uh, knowing that I know he I mean he was probably making a pretty good salary um he's a fucking millionaire many times over he's for sure for sure yeah is that enough to just burn it on a wrestling promotion though I I don't know I mean he's got the guys I mean honestly if he wanted to he's got the connections he could grab Sean he could grab Gabe he could grab he could grab everybody they had in NXT and say cool I'll just do what I you know I'll grab everybody that I that was in NXT that I trusted that I knew I have a great vision for wrestling I'm bouncing I'm out of here and yeah, I mean, it'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> Let's be honest. See, it's, it'd be see cool. here's the thing, though. It's real easy when someone else is providing facilities. That's what I mean. Like, does he have the capital to say, let me yeah. burn $15 million of this money that I've made just because I, I'm, I'm petty and I want to prove that I know how to run a wrestling company? That's a well, terrible but, investment. That's a stupid investment. 
Yeah, because now he's not just booking wrestling. He's got to book buildings. He's yeah, got to book right, money. right, right. It's he's a lot. To, it's a lot easier when it's someone else's money. He's got to invest in equipment and everything else. Like that was the easy part for him. All he had to do was worry about booking the wrestling and staying within whatever budget they gave him. You know, it wasn't his money. You know, he had to start from scratch. So it'd be very daunting to attempt it. Um. You know, but uh, him and Flair, him and Flair can about. cobble their money together and start this. I mean, Double J, Maybe yeah, him, Double J, and Flair can start this. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm in. I mean, dude, I'm in. He should, he should be sending emails to Mark Cuban and some other rich guys and saying, "Hey, yeah." <laughs> I mean, that would be. I mean, that would be an all time, all time great wrestling story because, like. Then there would be like the well, that, Stephanie can't be happy about that type stuff. Or it'd be it'd have real like Genie Bust, Phil Jackson, Lakers stuff, which is always listen, a fascinating story to follow if you if you don't know anything about that. Oh yeah, he he listen, he couldn't do it unless it was clear he wasn't trying to compete, and he was just trying to do his own little thing, and it was clear that he was affiliated. You know what I mean? He can't like go head to head. Like, right, he right, right. No, he needs it needs to be like a, a semi affiliated thing because so much of the bravado of Triple H is built up in the DX stuff and the Monday Night Wars and all that. You know what I mean? Like him is just like a normal dude. You know, what I mean? Paul Levesque guy. You know, it's like it, I don't know that there's enough cachet there and enough that he can really uh, tap into. He also wasn't like that popular when he was an actual wrestler as well, which is also another thing that uh, the Dirty Machine has kind of always created is that he was like a key integral part. Of the Monday Night Wars, and he really wasn't, but... Um, well, that one year, right? Uh, 2000. What? Yeah, 2000. 2000. Yeah, he was. That year. He was over like crazy in 2000. Yeah. I mean... I mean, Stone Cold and The Rock were still there, too, so... They were... Look, I'm not saying he was the... You know... Listen, I'm basically agreeing... I'm, I'm agreeing with the basis of your point. Um, But, you know, he had the 2000, and then what happened in the later years, especially the part-time years, was they created this fable that he was on the same level as all those people and then presented him that way. And, um, it's just, uh, you know, perception became reality in a lot of ways. So, I mean, you're not wrong, but, um, yeah, I don't know. He doesn't seem to have any real power anymore. I mean, if you're not running that show, what the fuck? What does he do on a day-to-day basis? Right, does right. Does he go to the PC and watch hip toss class? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Put a I whistle know. around his neck and like, you know. Yeah, I know. I, I guess I saw him at. I think he was at that like Las Vegas tryout they did where they signed a bunch of giant dudes yeah. and stuff. So I guess mate, I mean, it's possible too that this guy realizes he's got a pretty good gig and he's got a job for life if he really wants it. So maybe he just eats shit and does it. You know, you know what I mean? He's like, gonna, I mean, he's gonna own it eventually and run it eventually. The problem is. I think he thought he'd be running it a little sooner because now by the time he's running it, he's going to be an older man. Well, and that, and I guess that's another question that, that a lot of people bring up as well is with Nick Khan in, in, involved. Like it is, I, I don't think it's possible that, you know, there, there's a, a very strong possibility that he, by the time Triple H is ready to assume it, that maybe it's on the open market or maybe it's trying to be sold or the board of directors are, 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 are voting on sales yeah, and stuff. Yeah. It's not, it's not a family business the way it was even a couple years ago, you know what I mean? Where where, Mc, where a McMahon held most of the shares, like that's that's going to slowly start to dissipate here. Well, see, I'm still someone who doesn't think they're setting up a sale. Oh, I don't think I'm, they're setting up a sale now, but you're, I'm talking post Vince death. Oh, post Vince death, yeah. Um, that's always possible, yeah. Because, but that would it be up to the family? I mean, and, and see, I don't know if Stephanie. 
See, I think Stephanie is into this whole family legacy thing. And sh- see, Shane, I think, might just be a businessman. Oh, Shane would cash out and just take that $500 million and go invest it in some other stupid company or something like that, for sure. Yeah, but, yeah, but Stephanie feels like she's into the whole – she's her father's daughter. And she, I feel like she's more into the whole keeping it in the family and the whole legacy thing and her being the fourth generation McMahon promoter and all that bullshit. I think she's more into that idea. Um, I'm not someone who buys into the idea that they're setting up a sale now. I'm more than willing to be a dissenting voice and end up being wrong about it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's whatever. I, I don't think Vince wants to see anyone else in control of that company while he's breathing. I don't buy. Oh no, I'm I'm 100 with you. We've we've said that before. We, yeah. We've I will I'll say it again and again and again. And Brandon Thurston agrees with us, and and a, a lot of smart people agree with us too. That no. As long as Vince McMahon is breathing, that company is his. A lot of people seem to think that just making good business moves means you're setting up for a sale. Yeah, I don't understand that. Oh, they're releasing a bunch of people they don't use. They must be setting up for a sale. (laughs) They're just doing good business. They're going to make more money than ever (laughs) is what they're doing. (laughs) They have business people that are saying, why don't we just make more money instead of less money? Yeah, I mean, they're just trying to show year-over-year growth like any other company, you know, and and answer to their investors. I've... I've never really bought into this idea that, you know, and there's some people who are convinced that they're setting up a sale and I don't know, maybe they are. It just, it just runs completely counter to how the way Vince McMahon has always thought and operated. I think he takes a lot of pride in the fact that he's built this and, and, and it's where it is. And I don't think, I mean, it's, it's quite literally his life. You know what I mean? If he sells that company, he's dead. There's, there's nothing else. He doesn't do anything else. Yeah, what's he gonna do? Go home and watch TV? I mean, yeah, go watch. Yeah, go to the movie theater. Go, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't see. Sits it. out, cracks his knuckles. All right, let's see. When's the last time? When's the last time Vince McMahon sat on his couch, cracked his knuckles, and turned on the remote? Like what? Nineteen eighty-two, maybe. Now, is it possible he knows his children don't want it after he's gone, and they're setting up a long-term play? to unload it after he's gone possible but who look i think we all face our mortality at some point some of us sooner than others i think about death on a daily basis but vince mcmahon also doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who thinks he's dying anytime no he probably thinks he's he's still in perfect health he's He's like you he goes you know that that dude goes to the doctor they say you're good vince and he walks around telling everybody you know walk with the you know the vince mcmahon swagger walk you know i have a supple neck like just like you you know i mean he i don't think he operates thinking i'm there's a good chance statistically that i'm gonna be dead within the next seven years i just don't think he thinks that way you know I, i i don't so i don't even really buy that either now after he does pass do I think now then that's when all bets are off that I think is when all bets are off. I agree. Yeah. And maybe when the family sees how much money could potentially be on the table for selling it, that it's too good to be true. And, you know, Stephanie maybe is still, you know, young enough to where she could have a, you know, great retired life with billions of fucking dollars. And just, you know, that's when all bets are off to me, you know, and take care of the next, you know, five generations of McMahon's and all that. But while McMahon is alive, I don't know. I don't buy it. I don't buy. I just, I, I just, I, I've never bought it, and I do not buy it. Um. But anyway, that's uh, that's the rapidly losing power Triple H. Yeah, this is going to be a, a story to definitely follow. So September fourteenth is the beginning of the, the the new era 
uh, of NXT, and it kicks off perfectly with a wrestling wedding as well. So, uh, which will probably draw big ratings, not only because people are interested in the in in the rebrand, but also because wrestling weddings draw like fucking crazy, and that's why they do them all the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, and this one will be no exception. It'll try. It'll be a big deal for sure. They always do well. You go back to Uncle Elmer on Saturday Night's main event. Um, Randy and Liz. You know, you go right down the line. I mean, you know, um, wrestling weddings always do well. You had the, uh, um, what was the one? You know, AEW just did well. Penelope and Sabian. Yeah, yeah. Impact yeah. had a bunch. I mean, Impact had the fucking ODB, Eric Young one. They had the uh, the Chelsea Green, um, Braxton Sutter, or whatever the hell. Yeah, that's hot, right. Hot, the whole hot mess thing. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, weddings on TV and wrestling weddings always always seem to do well. And I'm sure Index uh, we'll do a decent by NXT standards <laughs> number, at least for that quarter. Um, yeah, I don't know, Joe. I'm not gonna lie; it seems all too it seems all too fast for Index. I don't know. I feel like they, they should date a, a little bit more, but you know, she's got a weird face. She's got a weird face. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I agree. Isn't he like 40 and she's like 20? Yeah, there's all yeah, there's all some some problematic things. I, I understand John Gargano and 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 Mrs. Candice and and their uh, apprehension to their adopted daughter or something i don't, I don't think johnny's wrong I don't no think Johnny's he's like you really got to look into this a little more he's like i dated candace for like a decade <laughs> like... You, he, look you got to look at it from johnny's point of view he's like first of all this man is in his 40s right second of all he's, he's a, serial a serial killer, killer. <laughs> yeah right like well, he's got abs i admit he's got abs he's a decent looking dude but you know he's so a serial why killer is johnny the bad guy here i don't know like if this were your daughter, wouldn't you have some apprehension about? Oh, oh certainly, yes. When when she brought home a twenty five years older than her yeah. serial killer guy, I would say, I don't know, honey. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if he's like legitimately in his forties, but this is a much older guy. She's in her early twenties. He's also a serial killer. I mean, we have to keep going back to that. I mean, he is thirty seven years old, Joe. Yeah, was she like twenty three or something? Indy Hartwell is, let me see what Indy Hartwell is. So he is 37. She is 25. Oh, it's not as bad. Not as bad. I'm not as bad. It's it's pushing it. He is also a serial killer, as you mentioned, though. That, that, you know, we should not forget that he kills people. Okay, that's 12 years. But I feel like if it was 49 and 37, no one would care. But 37 and 25 is, right. do you know what I mean? Like there's it's 25, like, you're too young to be married at 25. Let's be honest, you know, to a 37 year old. Yeah. I mean, just different lives. You've lived different lives at that point. He also ether soak ragged your, your friend, Austin theory. I mean, let's not, yes. you know, to get your love. He, he, he did actually murder Austin theory. So that's right. He did. He did kill him. Yeah. But he's back on TV. So okay. All right. That's, that's, he's not totally dead. He was just dead for uh, a little bit. All right. Dressed. Uh, speaking of wrestling, uh, let's talk about the Wrestle Grand Slam here. We'll do this real quick, and then we'll get to uh, NWA here. Uh, two nights uh, at the MetLife Dome, the old Seibu Dome. Um, New Japan, get into it, Joe. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, your main doesn't event for like, night doesn't one. Sound like, doesn't sound like you're into it. I'm not. Yeah, these I, these cards are not inspiring a whole lot of confidence. And again, it's I, I not... Know when, I know when Rich isn't into the New Japan because he pushes it to, like, the tail ass. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean what are we going to... I, Tanahashi versus Ibushi sounds good. It'll be in front of no fans in a giant empty dome. Okay, cool. You know, some fans will be there and they'll be echoes as they clap. I mean, it's gonna suck. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm done. I'm done with the empty with the fucking clap crowds. I'm done with the domes. I'm just done with it. I get it. I can't do it. I just can't. I'll watch it because I have to, but I'm done. 
you won't be into it in the moment. No. Okada versus Jeff Cobb. They've had good <laughs> matches. He said, no. No, I will not be into it <laughs> in the moment. Uh, KOPW 2021, I quit match. Chase Owens versus Toru Yano. I mean, yeah. Look, they got the crew they have. Yeah, and that's the thing. I can't, I'm not, you know, that's the reason I'm not going to come and bury them. I get they it. They have the crew they have. They, they have, have the crew they have, the crowds they have to have. They need to run these domes for money. I get it. I get it. Doesn't mean I have to like it or say it's good. I'm just. Because you can sell 5,000 tickets in the dome versus 1,000 tickets at. Yep, it makes Yokohama perfect. It makes all the business sense in the world. You're getting these domes for next to nothing. Run them back-to-back nights. Sell 10,000 tickets. That's more tickets than you'd sell for 10 weeks at Corican Hall. I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's just a terrible aesthetic uh, for these shows. Show versus yo. What We're doing it already? Just the crew they have. What are they going to do? <laughs> we're, we're just going. Go for it. So. They have like 12 wrestlers. They do. The so uh, you know, Pongi yeah. 3K explodes here. You got Flying Tiger, which is a cool name. Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask versus Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi. Yeah, well, they're, you know, Eagles is facing Hiromu on yeah. the next night. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Which that that I am into that that match I, is probably the most intense. I think Tanahashi and Ibushi obviously because it's those guys and it'll be great. Uh, and then Eagles and Hiromu and Night Two are are are, are pretty. Uh, uh, I'm pretty interested. And then we have stardom oh, matches as well. Yeah. Oh wait, you had something else here. We no, we have, we have stardom matches on both too. And these are these are going to air on New Japan World, I believe. Oh okay, I'll check. So them out. Momo Watanabe, Saya Kamatani versus Mikey and uh, Lady C, uh, and that's going to be the opener for Night One. Night Two is going to be the same team there, Watanabe. Uh, and Kamatani versus Donna Del Mondo, which is Juliana, uh, Julia and uh, Siri uh, is going to be in that match. So um, sounds good. Yeah, that sounds like some pretty fun stuff. So definitely check that out. Night two, uh, Okada and Ishii versus Great Okan and Jeff Cobb. <sighs> Taiji Shimori and El Fantasmo versus El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemura for the junior heavyweight tag team titles. Yeah, I mean, it's the I crew they have. It's the crew they have, I'm, yeah. <laughs> It's the crew they have, yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Now, time. this, now, you yeah. said the crew they have. This is yeah. not an excuse for this next match. IWGP I, I, tag team titles. Triple threat, Joe. I'm calling it a triple threat because it's garbage. Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. versus not Tetsuya a, Naito and Sonata versus a, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. It's not a triple threat. Um, it's a three-way match. But It's, it's going to be trash, so I'm calling it a triple threat. So. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> we talked about it when they booked it. Um... It's creative. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Robbie Eagles and Hiromu Takahashi, IWGP Junior. But we were to write books about this company. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> For five years or six years, we wrote books about this company. Well, when the fans are back, they'll get the juice back. You can't – okay, listen. You can't tell me you weren't into Resurgence in front of the crowd. No, Resurgence rocked, yeah. New Japan of America, well, I'm into, yeah. When they get fans back, it's going to be great. Oh, for sure. Not, for sure. not only are they going to get fans back, but – Presumably, when fans are back, you'll be able to get people in there. You're going to have the gauge and unrest guys are going to be willing to go back. So you get those dudes back. Plus, you're going to be able to get some of the Americans they've been building up on the American shows in there. And when they have a full, they're going to have a loaded fucking roster. It'll be great. It, it, it'll be awesome. I hope I hope yeah. it's it, it happens sooner rather than later. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I'm down on it because right now the, the atmosphere is just so terrible. I can't kill you for it. Yeah. I cannot tell you I'm excited to, about these shows. I'm going to watch them. I'm going to hope they're good. The atmosphere is probably going to kill me dead. And, um, you know, but I'm going to give them a fair shot, obviously. But 
it, you know, I'm with you. I understand, Rich. I get it. Yeah, there, there was a time where we could, I, I think I could kind of suspend Stomach my... It. Yeah, and I'm like, but now it's like, bro, I'm going to be like at all out you know what i mean like i was at rampage it's hard to then go back to all right let's just is he they're clapping louder and faster for robbie eagles he's over you know like it's just you can't analyze anything you're just kind of yeah it's it's very strange but uh this match does sound awesome robbie eagles versus Hiromo for the junior heavyweight title Uh, i'm excited about that joe i am not excited about the night two main event shingo takagi defending the iwgb world heavyweight championship against evil if evil wins, would you just? <laughs> I think I might be done for a while. Yeah. Until fans are back. If evil I, wins. Yeah, yeah. If, if 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 Gato gets the garrote wire there and evil does the one two three, I, I think I'm done for a little. Well, while. I can promise you that um, Togo is getting the garrote wire. I can promise you that, but I can't promise you he's gonna. That's gonna lead to victory, but he will in fact choke Shingo Takagi with the garrote wire. That is a one. That, I wish I could bet on that. On my <laughs> See if my book will take the action on that one. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, I can't tell you I'm excited about that. But um, I I mean, Wrestle Grand Slam. Yeah. Sabu Dome, <laughs> baby. Let's go. Get into it. Yeah. Get into it. All right. Let's talk about these two NWA shows here. We'll find, uh, finish out our show with this. Uh, they had two pay-per-views last weekend, Empower and NWA 73. I... As a, as a total package, both these shows, I thoroughly enjoyed them. I liked one show a lot better than another show. Uh, one show I thought was legitimately good. I had two notebook matches in that show. Uh, one show I thought had some good stuff, but ultimately I didn't enjoy uh, nearly as much. But but in total, I thought this was a really, really good weekend for NWA. They had a really great arena there in St. Louis. It looked awesome. Aesthetically, it, sound, it, it, it looked great. It sounded great. They looked like a professional operation there. So so overall, a good weekend for NWA, I would say. Uh, two eventful shows, shows that had stuff that people were talking about. They were in the mix. They were in the news. You know, people were discussing them. They, they, they you know, yeah, for NWA, it's so hard for them to get any sort of buzz or anything going here. But they had it last weekend. Uh, and, and I don't know if it's going to sustain. I don't know. But this was overall a, a, a two thumbs up weekend for NWA. They owned the weekend. They did. I mean, you know, it was there was nothing else going on, but so what? You know, it's it's they were the talk there for two days, and they owned the weekend. All four shows sold out. Um, you know, lesser capacity for the TV tapings, but that's fine because the setup was a little different and all that. Um, look, we talked about AEW and the business success that they're having right now, and and they're on their upward trajectory, and they're they're poised to really peak here with all out. WWE SummerSlam was a monster success. Biggest North American gate of all time for a non-WrestleMania show. And the ratings on Raw and SmackDown are both up coming off of SummerSlam. Even a couple weeks removed now. Not just the one-week bump. They, they've sustained it to some degree on both of the shows. They're doing well. These four shows sold out. Game Changer keeps selling out. Uh, uh, you know, uh, every time, no matter where they go, whatever part of the country, uh, they're putting up monster crowds. Uh, wrestling's doing well right now in, in America. It really is. And it's good to see. And I'm happy for the NWA that they had a big weekend. I'm happy that they got this influx of cash and, uh, and were able to have four successful shows and a successful weekend and got a little buzz. And, uh, I always say it, there's a place for the NWA in the ecosystem right now. There's a ton of faces on these two shows that wouldn't be working regularly if it were not for the NWA. And there was a ton of faces on these shows that were getting their first look 
to, you know, uh, to a, a quote unquote major league audience. Thanks to these shows predominantly on the women's and power show. But, and that's why the NWA is a, is, is important and serves a function in the current ecosystem. So if this means it's going to help them be successful, I'm happy for them. Um, I'm with you. I enjoyed myself well enough watching these shows. I think everyone would agree that the empower show was better than the NWA 73 show, but the NWA 73 show on paper, we knew there was going to be some struggles there uh, with that card, but I didn't hate the NWA 73 show. I was uh, perfectly fine. You know, I didn't feel like I wasted my time watching it and there were a couple matches I really liked, but uh, anyway, Let's go over. We got like 10 minutes left, so let's go over these shows and wrap this baby up. Yeah, we'll do it real quick here. So we'll start with Empower, which I thought overall was a very, very good show. I, I Top to bottom, this was one of the easiest watches of a show I've had in a long time. Uh, started out with Diamante. Quick, quick question. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Quick question. And I'm not – listen, I liked the show. I live tweeted it. That was me on the Twitter feed that night. I put it over when it was over. Did the gimmick help? Because – if this were like the fourth all women's pay per view, would you be as high on it? Oh no, Is no, that- certainly not. No, they and they they worked it pretty well. And, and I wanted to point that out too. I think they did a very good job. They have Mickey James come out and say, you know, and they thought we couldn't do this and that sort. Of, and it was yeah. good. It kind of, you kind of rallied behind it. You're like, yeah, goddamn right, this was awesome. But I think what was cool about this show too is it didn't go. Oh, uh, to me, it didn't go too over the top in terms of that. It was just kind of like, hey, look. We're running this women's show. It's the best, you know, a collection of some of the best women's wrestlers, not in the major companies. And here it is. Now here's the show. You, you know what I mean? Like I don't. There, there was a way that I think they could have done a little bit more over the top, and I think that they towed that line perfectly enough without going too much and hitting you too much over the head with, okay, here's a women's show. Here's a women's show. It's an all women's show. It's an all women's show. Like they did it at points, but not too over the top. And I think, like you're right. It, no, if this was Empower Number Nine, I don't know if it has the same impact that it had for Empower Number One, but. Um, I thought all told they, they 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 did enough cool stuff with having you know having Mickey James come out the you know the the NWA Women's you know tag team title tournament you know the, the the Mildred Burke title I think there was enough stuff in there to make it kind of stand out um, that you're right maybe if it was in Power Five that's not the same impact. You see the size of that Mildred Burke title? Can I victory lap this? Or what? Oh my god! Yeah, the, the most prestigious women's title in, in 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 the world, and yeah, it's the size of a fucking plate. <laughs> you know, it's the size I mean, of like god, a who, a mini plate. Yeah, it's the size of a saucer, and it's you who know could possibly fucking care about. You could hold it with one hand. Yeah. It's... Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's go through the show. Uh, Diamante, Chick Tamarenta, and Kylie Ray was their opener. Eight minutes. Uh, some some decent enough action here. I, I... Oh god! Did you see the pre-show match? No, no. Sky Blue and and, uh, and and Christy Janes? No, I did oh not. Oh, my God. Negative stars. Really? Okay. Horrendous. I'm selling my Sky Blue stock, by the way. I'm selling it. Oh, you had it. You're done? You're selling it? Yeah. I, like, I know she's like 18. You know what I mean? There's time here. You know, it's not like she's a 38-year-old grizzled vet, but uh, she got a lot of work to do. I don't know. Maybe I'll buy it again at some point. But uh, the match was horrendous. She's got too many horrendous performances. You know what I mean? I think the long-term potential is still there. I think it's inevitable she ends up on TV at some point. But it ain't going to be anytime soon. Anyway. Yeah, it, needs, yeah, it probably needs a lot more reps. No, I did not watch that match. The opener was fine, yeah. No, and then, we had the, uh, then we had the tag team title matches. Yeah, and they, they, they did pretty good. So I'm going to do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do all these all in, in one. Just going to be yeah, a little bit easier yeah. here. So you have the Hex, which is Allison K and Marty Bell versus Hell on Heels, Renee Michelle. Uh, and Sahara 7, uh, the Hex get the win here. I thought this was, I, I'm not a big fan of Marty Bell. 
Uh, I think she's pretty horrendous. I thought this was the best she's looked in a long time, maybe ever. Uh, she was fine on all these matches, which is is good because usually she's atrocious. Uh, and Allison K uh, was good uh, and, and these shows too. They're, they're a good tag team. They're a fun tag team. Yeah, Bell is usually pretty bad. I didn't think she was bad. Um, I didn't think she was bad in either match, actually. I wasn't a big fan of the Hell on Heels team. Um, and I think I liked the second match better with See, the AEW team. I think I liked this match because for whatever reason, they just decided they were just going to punch each other for like seven minutes. They just beat the yeah. hell out of each other in this one. Yeah. I, I definitely didn't expect, you know, Renee Michelle and Sahara Seven to get in there and just fucking throw hands. And that's all that this match was just beating on each other. Because they weren't really, they knew that technically they probably couldn't have a good match. So they just went and beat the hell out of each other for well, seven minutes. Well, the thing minutes. about this show is all the matches were good. Like, I didn't think there was a bad match on on the main, uh, with the exception of the pre-show match. Like, the, the the baseline level here was pretty good match. Right, correct, yeah. You know, so it's kind of like splitting hairs, but I, I, I thought the right teams won. I thought both of the correct teams won the semifinal matches, and then the correct team won the final. Let's just throw them all together. So Marty Bell cuts the promo saying that the Dominican Republic has had a contentious relationship with the NWA for years, and they never said it by name, but she was talking about Jack Venino and the title win over Ric Flair, where Ric Flair was fearing for his life. He was afraid they were going to riot. So he pulled Jack Venino on top of him and said, just fucking pin me so I can get out of here alive. And the NWA didn't recognize that title change. They just gave the title back to Flair. But in the Dominican Republic, they recognized Jack Venino as a former NWA world champion. So that's what Marty Bell was talking about. And she cut that promo before the first round match. And then they ended up winning the tournament. And they made a real big deal out of her kind of a redemption story for the Dominican Republic. And that was so cool. Because I liked how they tied in history on this show. We already mentioned the, uh, the old title belt, the original title belt that Billy Corgan acquired. And now this too. With Marty Bell doing it for Jack Venino. You know, I liked that aspect of the show. Now, I don't like how they said they were reviving these titles after 26 years, which the timeline does not match up. These titles were 1984 is when these titles ended. That's 37 years ago. Not, I don't know where they got their timeline of 26 years. I don't know where they came up with that. I don't know if there were NWA women's titles somewhere. We, tr- we tried to do some research uh, when, when the question came up, and yeah, I couldn't find anything. As far as the lineage of this title, it's exactly like you said. It was 1984, and it, it, it was the WWF bought, you know, basically said, hey, we want this title, uh, and, and, and bought it from them. So yeah, that that is when that title ended. So I, again, they might be counting some random startup women's tag team title that had the NWA name on it, but as far as I could find, this was the last instance of it. So I don't know. Maybe one of those... Sh- you know, fly by night NWA promoters tried to revive these titles in 1995 or something, but I think they just screwed it up. I think maybe they meant 36 and said 26. Right, right, right. Yeah. Cause at least 36 is reasonably close to 37. But, um, but at any rate, I like that Marty bell tied in all of that history with her heritage and everything. That was cool. As, that was cool as fuck. And the right team won. And it's cool that Tony Khan sent King and Red Velvet because they need the extra reps. They're a perfect team to send to a place like this to get extra work. And uh, the finals match was pretty good too. So 
Yeah, they just went in there and they they wrestled with you know four other women. They had you know twenty minutes worth of matches. I mean, that's awesome. That's exactly in, in front of crowds, in front of a crowd they've never worked before, a crowd that is somewhat familiar with them, but maybe not entirely familiar with them. So yeah, that this, this is what's great. This is what pro wrestling should be and what pro wrestling used to be for a long time. Is people work in different places, working yeah. for different promotions, working against different wrestlers than they've ever worked against before. And this is this is how you get great. This is why for years and years and years there was just a never ending cycle of great wrestlers coming down the pipeline and and this is it because of things did like you, this did you hear tony khan today talking about the forbidden door and saying he said that uh, uh he's been doing a lot of people a lot of favors and uh hopefully one day they're gonna pay them all back <laughs> i did hear that Positive yeah karma yeah man he's uh i mean you know it's uh it's interesting but uh you know i just thought i'd bring that up now for no particular reason with Kylan King and Red Velvet work in this show. But, uh, you know, Deanna Perrazzo and Melina, that over-delivered. Like, oh, crazy. my God. That was going to be my hot take. I was wondering what you thought of this match. I thought this ruled. I thought this was a yeah. great match. I could not – because we talked about it in the preview, and you're like, yeah, Melina's kind of bad now, and yeah. that's probably going to be bad. And she wasn't great, but they decided, hey, look, I can't go the same way I used to be able to go, so let's just work a fucking body part, and I will sell my ass off, and you'll destroy that body part, and I'll do some hope spots, and we'll get this crowd – on their feet for me as the 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 KG veteran but the underdog and god the crowd was into it Peraza was great in this Molina's selling was incredible I could do it this match ruled this is my notebook man I want four stars in this one wow I loved it I really really liked it it really was listen it it was an excellent match that over delivered I can't kill you I didn't go quite as high but I'd definitely be over three for sure Three and a half range, maybe. And this is Molina. She yeah. fucking thinks. That's never been. Too. She's never been good, to be honest. Like even when, even when she was in no. prime physical shape, she wasn't good. You know what I mean? Like never been good. No. So yeah, I was just stunned. At, I mean, whoever helped lay this match out, whoever had this idea, was just I mean, awesome because you had enough hope spots. But then when Peraza just needed to put her away, she just put her away. They didn't overthink it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Finally, she just put her in the move. Little by little, she just stretched her more and more and more as every, you know, every body part got stretched a little bit more. And the crowd's going, oh, no. Then she grabs her other leg and they go, oh, no. And then she grabs her head and they're just like, yeah, she's fucked. And then she taps out immediately. And it's just like, yeah, it's just, it, yeah. I, I, I thought it was just great pro wrestling. Just tremendous, basic, simple, will always work in any era for, it's worked for 100 years and it'll work for 100 more years pro wrestling from these two. Just, just great stuff. Yeah, and then Camille and Layla Hirsch. Oh, this fucking rocks. This is my other notebook match. Yeah. Uh, notebook. Wow. Two notebook matches out of Creech. I did not think Layla Hirsch and Camille and Deanna Perazzo and Molina would get in my notebook, but they're there. These were this was tremendous. This is the best this is far and away the best Camille has ever looked. Non Thunder Rosa division. Is that okay? I, you know, I wanted to talk about Camille because everyone's talking about Layla Hirsch. Whatever. You can talk about her all you want. I want to talk about Camille because... Oh, she owned that room, man. The year she's having, I don't think people realize it. Okay. She beats Thunder Rosa on the back for the attack pay-per-view. Cool match. She beats Genocide on power. I know you didn't see it, but you heard me raving about that match in real time. Then she has the time limit draw with Thunder Rosa on power, which again, I don't think you saw that match either. But like you said, non-Thunder Rosa division. I mean, she has good matches with Thunder Rosa. She had two of them. Then the match against Serena Deeb at When Our Shadows Fall. And I'm skipping some of the TV matches that were just, you know, that were whatever. And now this match with Layla Hirsch. 
it's like Camille delivers every time. Is it time we stop talking about her like she isn't any good? I mean, clearly she's still green to some degree, but her hit rate is pretty good this year, you know? And I'm seeing everybody, because everyone seems to love Layla Hirsch and I whatever, and I see everyone throwing roses at Layla Hirsch for this, and she was good in the match, but, like, I don't see anybody talking about Camille. And, you know, Camille has had more really good matches this year than Layla Hirsch has had in her life. But, you know, no one seems to talk about Camille. But it's like, when is it time to start talking about Camille? She looks like a million bucks. And every big match that she's in is really good. Am I crazy? Uh, well, I, I thought her match the next night was pretty atrocious. but I didn't bring that one up on purpose. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, because I'm with you. After Empower, I was with you. I was like, Joe, I was thinking I was thinking in my head after I watched the match. I was like, she fucking owned that room. She came out like a million bucks. She looks like a million bucks. She, I mean... The, the crowd was into her. The, you know, she's slapping hands with, with the crowd. She's kissing Tom Latimer. She's coming out there, and she's just working her ass off in this match. And, it, uh, you know, I'm thinking, you're right. You know, we've, 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 I was thinking the exact same thing you're talking about now. It's time for us to say she's good. She got good. And then I saw the NWA 73, and I was like, oh, maybe, okay. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not just yet. I, actually, I didn't think that match was that bad. Uh, I didn't like it as much as the Layla Hirsch match. But. I thought it was pretty terrible. Well, Chelsea Green's also bad, too, but. That's Green fine. was over with this crowd. I Green, you said it on Twitter. I, I would love to love something as much as second-tier promotions love Chelsea Green. I know. Because I don't get it. I've never gotten it, but. How do you not go with Tootie Lynn in that battle? <laughs> oh, world, my right? God, you're right. So that, that was the main event, we should say, here. The Women's Invitational Cup. They have this, like, uh, it's like a kind of a gauntlet Royal Rumble-style thing or whatever. You have all these women in here, and they come in and out, and they yada, yada. And then you have Tootie Lynn, who's from St. Louis. Her parents are in the crowd, or her, her, her mother and her sister are in the crowd yelling. And the fans realize, oh, shit, that's Tootie Lynn's family. And then they start yelling, too, and you have the entire Chase Ballroom going, Tootie, Tootie, Tootie. And then the hot mess with a broken wrist or whatever the fuck she got just wins. And it's just like, oh, all right. I mean, I know that's the plan, and you can never... Well, I mean, they did send Tootie Lynn out last on knowing she's going to get yeah, over Yeah, right. They knew. They knew she so, was going to get over you know, I, I don't know, but, you know, and then Chelsea Green gets the match the next night, which you didn't really like. I thought it was fine. Um, But, yeah, these these second-tier promotions love fucking Chelsea They love Green. the hot mess. Yeah, they, they love themselves some hot mess. So, right. so uh, I mean, the next night, uh, Trevor Murdoch wins. I mean, we should have saw it. I mean, I guess we did see it coming. We just didn't think... It felt like the right timing, but in real time, it worked. That was tremendous. That match was great. And this is, again, like I say, just classic. Something I like about NWA. And the reason why when these pay-per-views come on, I usually enjoy enjoy these pay-per-views more than I enjoy the TV or more than I enjoy the NWA in in totality. It's just like, they just, they don't, they simplify stuff. You know what I mean? It's like simple pro wrestling. It's just pro wrestling 101. Trevor Murdoch, they show his family. They show his, his dopey-looking son, which is unfortunate. When you're Trevor Murdoch's son, I feel bad for the kid. But, like, you know. Jeez. Third hour. <laughs> he's, he's, he looks like Trevor Murdoch, which is fine. Like, you know. But, like, so, you know, he's just out there, and it's like he's fighting for his life. And this crowd is into it. And they, just to make sure that you absolutely fucking hate Nick all this, he's beating up ring announcers. He's getting frustrated. Billy Corgan has to come out and say, hey, get this shit under control, Nick. Get back in the ring. Focus on the match. Then he gets in there, and then he tries to beat Trevor. He tries to beat him. He just can't do it. He can't do it. He can't do it. And eventually Trevor Murdoch just beats him. And the crowd goes nuts. He cries. His family comes in the ring. It's just simple, simple-ass pro wrestling. I, I, I love this match. This was so good. 
used the Harley Race pile driver. Yeah, he came out in the Harley. Oh, yeah, I forget. There was a lot of Harley Race stuff here. The Harley Race jacket. Right, right, right. And Trevor Murdoch, you know, he's a solid as fuck pro wrestler. And I do think people are a little too hard on Nick Aldis. I didn't mind the length of his title reign. I, 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 people make too big a deal yeah, out man, of that. Who, who, do you, who else did you want to be the champion? What fucking Tom Latimer? Yeah, I mean, you know, you James know, Storm. Like, what do you, what do you want? I didn't mind the length of his reign, and it, and it makes the Murdoch win feel bigger because all this held it for so long. So, um, and yeah, like you're saying, he never really had a challenger where you were like, oh man, they should have pulled the trigger on that guy. I mean, I'll, you know, he defended against Flip Gordon on one pay-per-view. He had a match against Skrull that never happened because of the pandemic, and then Skrull got blacklisted. Um, so who were you going to put it on, if not Nick Aldis? I mean, right, and, and we talked about this, and we've talked about this for years with the Nick Aldis thing, is that the man, he looks great in a suit. He's professional as fuck. He's a great promo. He looks good in promo picks. He adds prestige because he looks prestigious. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. You're gonna yeah. yeah, you're gonna give it to James Storm. I didn't love to... his match. Look, I don't love his matches either, but people are way too hard on him. Way too hard. Uh, but this was a really good match. In the big spots he delivers. He he delivered against Cody. He delivered against when when you can when you can tell the right story and get the crowd behind his opponent, he's great. He did the, the Cody matches were good. There was a lo- whole lot of nothing in between. Oh yeah, for sure. Um but you know, he had a nice little TV match against Ricky Starks to help get Ricky Starks over. Um, but, I mean, look, look, again, I don't love his matches, but he was he was fine for that role, and I don't think he held the title too long. There was no alternative. Um, I mean, we just talked last week how we weren't sure if this was the right move. You know? I mean, it all worked out, and it, it felt like the right move after seeing it play out, for sure. You know? And Ric Flair came out and gave Murdoch the title. And the Ric Flair promo in the middle of the show was just classic Ric Flair. He just, when the light comes on, he can do it. When it comes to Flair. Um, you know, so. It's, uh, and, 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 and I guess we should have brought up the, uh, the Awesome Kong, Gail Kim thing. Where Awesome Kong wanted to retire in the ring with Gail Kim. That was a nice moment. So, uh, and then the opener on the show was good. The Tim Storm Crimson Tom Latimer match, I thought was a really good match. Yeah, okay. Uh, so you and I are on the same wavelength there. I thought the the beginning of the NWA seventy three show was really good. That that match I liked a lot. I thought the end was really good. And I thought there was a whole lot of nothing in in the middle. So everything in between was exactly what you thought it would be on paper. If it looked average on paper, it was average. If it looked terrible on paper, it was terrible. Uh, Tyrus was an embarrassment as usual. <laughs> so bad. hopefully people see. Hopefully people see now what I've been talking about with the weekly TV and how truly bad he is. He might be the worst major league pro wrestler. It's also like, I always say I'm not a body guy. I'm an effort guy. And that, and that's kind of the thing with it. It's like that dude is just cash and checks. Yep. Doesn't care. Doesn't want to care. Doesn't try to care. It's, I just don't understand. I, I, if your performance is like this, I don't know how he doesn't walk in the back and Billy just goes, all right, you're done. You're done, pal. That's it. It's embarrassing. No, it's, a, it's a slap in the face of everybody else on the show. It's a slap I, in the face of Tim Storm, who's in that opener, busting his fucking ass, you know what I mean? Yeah. To try to have yeah. a great match. Yep. And, you know, he's he works his... Ma- and then he fucking comes right to the commentary booth right after that. Yeah. Yeah, Tyrus does It's an embarrassment. Yeah. 
he's always a big guy, but he's not in ring shape. That's the no, and he's just not. He doesn't try to be good. He doesn't try to have good matches. And yeah, it's it. I honestly, if I was another wrestler, I would say, "What the fuck? Like, are you kidding me?" I think that they think, politics aside, that him carrying that television title over his shoulder when he goes on Gutfield on Fox News is some kind of benefit yeah. in terms of exposure. I think that's what it is because he wears that title over his shoulder on Fox News. But, I mean, how many fans is that converting? I, 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 probably not many at all, if any, of those Fox News viewers on Red Eye or whatever. Show, I don't even know what show he's on. Um, yeah, I, I, then, I don't know either. Yeah, I always, see, they, gut, I always see gut field on my, like, uh, my, my guide. And I'm always like, man, like all those other shows do really well. Like I never hear about this show. Like, yeah, it's yeah. gotta suck to be like, you know, you follow Hannity and Tucker who are just fucking ratings bonanzas, and then yeah. you're like, all right, it's time for my show. And it's like, time nope. For- Everybody think- turns it off. You know what I mean? Like- I think, uh, I think Tyrus doesn't have his own show anymore, but he he's a guest frequently. Right. Well, because he had like he like was very weirdly. Uh, uh, with one of the hosts, right? So instead of firing well, him, they just decided okay. to... Uh, listen, I'm not defending Tyrus in any way whatsoever, but it was Britt McMurphy that filed that claim. And I don't or know McHenry, Britt McHenry. Britt McHenry, and I don't know if you remember, but she was the one who went off on that um, junkyard employee a few years ago when she worked with ESPN. Oh, that's right. That tirade. Yeah, yeah. And she's a real lowlife. And, and when they went to court with this Tyrus thing, and again, I'm not defending him, I keep saying it, Four people clip this out of here and try to start some shit. Okay, when they when they came down to brass tacks in the courtroom, she claimed she lost her phone and no longer had the texts that he sent that were harassing her. And it's like you can recover text messages, like you don't need the physical phone. Do you know what I mean? So her case was real shady, and it ended up getting thrown out. And I don't even think he ended up having to pay her a dime. And she's no longer on Fox, and he is. So okay. Come to your own conclusions on all of that. I don't know whether he harassed her or not. Yeah, who, who knows? Okay. But yeah, that's but, but thanks. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't really, sure how that actually went, what ended up going down. But it's a really messy story, and it's shady, and she's shady, and he—they're both shady. But and it's like she had no evidence. It got thrown out. He didn't have to pay her a dime. Look, did he try to fuck her? I don't know. Maybe. I I don't know. Nobody knows. The court doesn't think so. That's all I'm saying. Again, I'm not defending the guy, but that's how all of that went down. And he still appears on Fox. He doesn't have the show anymore because she's gone and those two were the show. But I think he's – I think just based on reading the news stories on the court case, he he comes on as a guest on some of the shows. Okay. I think that's the deal. But I saw still shots of him with the TV title over his shoulder. Yeah, and they must think that that's worth something. And maybe it is. There's value and, in that. and maybe I, it is. I don't know. I don't know either. But um, anyway, I wouldn't employ him is the bottom line. Yeah, for sure. Um, everything else aside, whether you think he sexually harassed Britt McHenry or not, put that aside. I wouldn't employ him because he sucks. Because he, he fucking try. stinks, yeah. <laughs> yeah Let right. alone all of the other potential baggage that he brings to the table. So... No, I would not employ him. He fucking stinks. And now people, uh, maybe people understand now why I complain about him every week. He's terrible. Uh, and then we had uh, again, like we talk, we talk about most of the show. But yeah, Chris Adonis, James Storm was was absolutely atrocious. I can't believe it lasted as long as it lasted. Uh, the number one contendership battle royal just never ended either. It <laughs> just kind of consistently long. Yeah, it was fine. There were spots that I enjoyed. It was just very, very, very long. And uh, 
Yeah, I, I didn't like Camille and Chelsea Green. You liked it a little bit more than I did. But the opener uh, and the main event, I think, are well worth your time. And I think if you got the time, I'd watch all of Empower. I think um, every match, as you said, is pretty good. Definitely Deanna Perrazzo and Molina, and definitely Camille versus Layla Hirsch. But I, I would really recommend watching it all if you can. It's an easy – it was in and out in, what, two and a half hours, three hours, easy uh yeah i mean yeah they were quick watch they were quick watches well the well the i don't know the the second show dragged a little 73 bit. dragged for sure empower was yeah. was was a quick one yeah, 73 i cannot recommend the the uh middle of the show i, I could recommend the opener and the closer but or the main event for but, sure i would yeah. agree yeah all right, so that is it. We got to all the topics. We got to all our fun game shows. We had a big-time flagship here for a big-time weekend. We will be back Sunday night with the all-out instant reaction show. Again, patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. $10 tier uh, for that. Plenty of other stuff coming up on Patreon as well. So $5 tier, $10 tier is going to get you a ton of audio in September. A lot. Multiple deep dives. Multiple new VOW retro series. Joe Vemmer to remember. All out react- uh, the all-out uh, uh, instant reaction, like we said, on the $10 tier plenty of stuff g1 i forget the g1's coming g1 coverage uh, also on the patreon.com slash voices wrestling so plenty of stuff to do there voices wrestling.com for previews of these shows as well as reviews uh, at voices wrestling on twitter voices wrestling.com slash discord and that is it for us so for joe lanza i'm rich Krejci. we'll talk to you next time on the voice of wrestling bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game park live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.